Johnny, do you want to go to an ice cream social? Yeah, I'd love to. Great, let's go. It's time for the episode of Matt and Mattingly's Ice Cream Social. Sitting across from me is Paul Mattingly. Across from me, it's Mr. Matt Donnelly. And on the knobs and dials, Jig of the Audio Guy. What's up? We're preaching fun. Yeah. Hey, um, so Ann and I finally got to hang a little bit. We went to Walmart together. <laughs> it's been a long time. One of the great romance stories. It was. It's been a long time. <laughs> it was. So, uh, we well, we went to the far one. Of course, we didn't just start at Walmart. We started well, our night. Well, you don't just dive right in. Well, we started our night at Chili's because that's where we fucking go. We go to fucking Chili's. I, you could have left off the ing and go because that's where we fuck. Uh, I love Chili's. So Ann and I get to hang at Chili's, and we're chatting, we're talking, all kind of. I'm mad that we don't have Chili's as a sponsor. If we actually deserved a sponsor, like like a, yes. like like a year long presenting sponsor, <laughs> yes, we deserve Chili's as a presenting sponsor. Well, we do. You, are, you are absolutely right. We do love I mean, Chili's because if Paul and Ann haven't changed every listener's perspective on Chili's, <laughs> I don't know what we have accomplished. Have they have they changed the uh, the perspective of e- either of the other two hosts on the show? <laughs> They've changed their menu. I'll tell you that. I'm saying every listener now. When they pass a Chili's, which they all do, they think somewhere, they look at it differently they because do. of Paul and Ann. It's true. It's true. It's the place to go. We had a great meal. We chatted. And we're talking contemporary stuff. You know, it's a bit of a downer time right now it politically. It is a tough time. It so is a tough time. We were chatting all that kind of thing. So we are kind of in a, a contemplative mood as we go into the Walmart. Okay. Yes. So we're walking around and, and, uh, and, and we were just... Just chatting, just like oh, you know, and, you know just, oh, it's just good to be out together and two burdened philosophers bit. combing the aisles. That's of, exactly of Walmart. <clears throat> <laughs> so, uh, and some, somehow I was just like, oh, yeah, like oh, we're you know, I'm glad we're we're here, and you know, we're not we're not just you know, I, I, I said I said I'm glad you're with me because I'm almost always in this Walmart alone. <laughs> That's another sponsor we should have is whoever does salt pork at Walmart. Yeah. I feel like we definitely we definitely change their course. Hormel. We've certainly, Hormel salt pork. Hormel. Something. We've certainly increased their sales at least one time. Yeah. Yes. Like we sold three tickets to Vokey's thing. Right. I think we've sold at least one package of salt pork Easily. because of our Easily. show. So I, uh, I, I said, you An know. ironic I, salt pork purchase. I'm happy yeah. to have you with me because I'm almost always at this Walmart alone. Is I that go like the sweetest super, thing super she's late ever late. heard you say? No. <laughs> It's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. You I say. mean, that no, day it was. It was not. It was nice though. But we're 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 just walking along, having a good time, and you know, all the Halloween stuffs out there. So we're gonna go Halloween shopping, and we went a little nuts. But but we're walking along, and I was like, yeah, I'm just you know, it's just nice to have you here because uh, I'm almost always alone in this Walmart. She's like, oh Paul, we're all alone in the end. We're all alone. <laughs> oh geez. And I was like, that's true. This shit got but, heavy. But at least at least you're here right now, and. uh and she's like, what, to provide you the illusion of companionship? And I said, you're right. That is that is what our marriage will Jesus be known man. as from now on. So from now on, our marriage is known as the illusion of companionship. <laughs> and it was great. And we're just like, yep, enjoy it. 
That's amazing. Very nihilistic, but it's If there's a place to get nihilistic, it's, it's the aisles of Walmart. Let oh, me tell yeah. you. Let me tell you, because usually this Walmart doesn't go full Walmart on me. <laughs> what, what, I, what? I don't know what that means. Uh, I mean, woman riding around in a scooter screaming for salt pork. Oh, okay, okay. okay, okay. That's so, full fucking Walmart. Gotcha. However, I got to remember you when, Ann, like McFeeters, an executive when Ann McFeeters is with me. Yes. Her energy is also her with, retail magnetism. Holy fuck! It's just they come out the woodwork. Luckily, nothing. Nobody came uh, around her. Yeah, but I'm standing. She, we, we, we went. It was silly. We spent way too long shopping around. Da da da. But I'm all, over near the gift cards or the 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 cards. Yeah. And this this uh, guy is just kind of creeping around, and he's sort of standing still near me, and I'm like, "What the? Get a." move you know yeah, yeah, and yeah. i had a cart so i had to move around i'm, I'm moving my cart and then he's kind of adjusting himself and i'm like god damn i gotta move even more and, he, and I was, this is this is bugging me he's, he's getting weird he goes kind of down a corridor and there's this uh middle-aged woman going down the corridor followed by another middle-aged guy mm-hmm. and then that middle-aged guy turns around hard on the other dude and is like, hey, man, quit following her around. Whoa. Whoa. And, I, and I'm I'm very close to this whole thing. And now everyone's following everyone around. He's like, he's like quit following her around. He's like, uh, uh, and the guy's like oh, on some no. shit. And he's like, yo, man, I've watched you following her around since she got in here. You need to quit following her around. You need to move on. Damn. And he's like, and, he's like, uh, and he starts to move kind of. And the other guy's like, you step to me, son. I'll take your life. <laughs> Whoa! And I was just like, to me, so I'll take your life." <laughs> I was like, "Oh shit!" And I started. I was like, "Ann, we just went full Walmart. Let's go. <laughs> Let's move." And we went off in the other direction. But holy shit, that's the most full Walmart I've that's had in a while. Amazing. I was uh, two guys almost coming to blows for stalkerating a woman. I was, uh, you know, uh, I was doing 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 a, a hillbill shows this weekend in Phoenix. Yes, yeah. And uh, Phoenix this is still with Piff, with Piff, opening for Piff the Magic Dragon. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing four, we did four shows. Uh, he draws, I don't. So, so really, all right, you know, just the four show thing is well, it's all hand, about a Piff. handful of scoops, though. Yes, scoops come out, and it's amazing. And I have my little special hillbill only purple chip that I've been giving out to the scoops as they yeah, come. Right, and um, uh, uh, so. This particular show, Stand Up Live, is the name of the club. It was in Phoenix, and um, unlike most of the places, you know, there's like a there's there's almost like a mile like marker measurement of comedy clubs that thrive outside of cities. Mm. You know, like most of the time, it really is. When I say I'm going to go play Chicago, I end up in a suburb about thirty minutes, 30, twenty-five to thirty-five minutes outside of town, downtown. That's the radius where. A comedy Where club thrives. It's worth it to spend the money to go to not out, have to go downtown. To not have to go downtown. Yep. Mm. And so we got this name to come all the way out here. Mm. And now you don't have to go. You don't have to pay for parking. You don't have to go do whatever. Like you get to have a night out, dude. That seems like the recipe for where comedy clubs mostly thrive, right? Not usual. It's unusual to have them thriving right in the middle of, of a downtown area. Sure. Right. Because right? um, there's plenty of named comics doing shows for like five bucks. You know, right. in a lot of places. He's going through the same shit. Yeah. 
And so, uh, but this was in downtown Phoenix. It was okay. actually, it was in like the middle of this brand new fancy kind of mall. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like, like two other high-end like bar, club, restaurant places and some other things like that. Yeah. And so it's in this, it's got this little like outdoor plaza. It's Phoenix, so it's warm all the time, right? right. So it's got this nice little outdoor plaza splash pad for kids during the day kind of thing. Ooh, and woo. Exactly, right? So it's, 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 it's in a mall. And, uh, uh. Uh, by the way, our discussion on renaming bidets Freedom Fountains is now a hillbill joke, and it kills. Good. Yeah. I said that the, the uh, splash pad outside was actually a bidet for forward-thinking th- forward Phoenix being being ahead of Americans <laughs> and just washing their buttholes out in the middle of the day. <laughs> and then I said, like, I think we don't have bidets because we don't like the way it sounds. Bidet. It's too fruity. I want to call them Freedom Fountains. And that was getting big laughs. Nice. That's nice. And so uh, 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 I go outside because a friend of mine was coming to the show. I thought there was going to be time in between shows to meet up uh, for a quick cup of coffee or something like that. Um, but meet and greet for Piff went very long. A lot of a lot of big fans there. And so I ended up just meeting her outside for like 10 minutes before she came into the, the, the show. So I'm outside, and it's downtown Phoenix. It's not, it's not in the suburb outside of Phoenix. It's downtown. Downtown. So there's some there's some drug addled folks that live about in Phoenix. <laughs> yes, downtown Phoenix. <laughs> well, Arizona in Phoenix. <laughs> yes. What? Oh, weird. I know. Wait a minute. I know. The place where Breaking Bad was set. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, it was it was Arizona, right? It was Arizona, or New Mexico, New Mexico. Yeah. Breaking Bad was New Mexico. You're right. Which to you and I, same thing. Arizona. Exactly the same. Exactly the same. All thing. Arizona. And I can say that only because Phoenix people really look down on Las Vegas. That's what I discovered while being Phoenix there. people look down on Las Vegas. Yeah, they're basically congratulations, like, Phoenix. They're <laughs> like exactly we're the it. we're the nicer <laughs> desert town. Exactly. Like we're yeah. the desert town that doesn't need all that bullshit to be a thriving desert town. That's kind of the condescension you experience. Yeah. yeah. Who's thriving more, bitches? Exactly. Gauntlet thrown like, down, Phoenix. Basically, like Phoenix is like you're trying too hard, Las Vegas. Chill out. We're, you'll you have a fine city without trying so hard. Okay, that's I, the kind of feeling I got. I okay. rem- did you go to Diamondback I'm, I'm Stadium? I'm interpreting attitude. But, did you go to Diamondback Stadium? I was right near it. We did. I, I told you before. We did a promo gig. Oh, that's right. As the aliens. Yeah. One of our Klingons threw out the first pitch. That's pretty awesome. Let me tell you what's not awesome. <laughs> Being in full Klingon gear oh. in the Phoenix fucking the summer, it was in, it was one hundred and seven degrees. Yeah, oh, that's awful. It that is insane. awful. That is awful. It was insane. Um, so I'm talking to, to uh, my friend. She's a lady. All right. Uh, now, now I know this is bullshit. And so uh, uh, <laughs> right. catfished. And so uh, and uh, and I'm dressed as hillbill. I got my dirty overalls on. And I'm, I'm wearing uh, actually I'm wearing a "Don't mistake my fleekness for weakness" T-shirt because it's classy, hot as fucking things. I don't wear that classy big flannel. Yeah, and uh, uh, and I'm wearing my dumbass weather-beaten hat. Yep, uh, and uh, a, a crackhead walks Come by, rolling up, rolling up, and just looks eyes eyes up the girl and stops in his tracks. Mm, okay, which I was like, feeling like you. This is why your Walmart guy triggered this story for me. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, and then he turns to me, and he confidently touches the uh, strap of my um, overall, overall, and goes, "That's a gay outfit, man." Oh, nice. So then I respond, "Okay, yeah, it's fucking great for sucking dick." <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And I was like, "This outfit? Yeah, I fucking suck dick in it all the time. All I do is fucking just boom, boom, fucking blow dudes. I fucking love it." <laughs> 
And he goes, oh, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I go, yeah, I know you know. I know you know. We both suck dick. We both love it. <laughs> oh, God. No way would I ever engage in a motherfucker. <laughs> and then just to get back at me, he points at my little pockets because I like my markers and yeah, my yeah. duck collar and my little pockets, right? Yeah. And he goes, yeah, yeah. That's why you got those gay, gay pockets. I go, you know, normally I feel these would just come. I said, normally these are just filled with cum, and I drink cum out of them. Oh. I was like, I was like, and that's what makes me. <laughs> but this is where I was like, this is still where I was. Matt throws change at cars, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I go, I drink cum. And I go, and that's what makes me so big and strong. And I step towards <laughs> him. Sitting and grin. So much better than change. Sitting and grin, smiling still. But I was oh. like, yeah, I drink a cum, and it makes me big and strong. You're you're like the freaky Gaston. Yeah. <laughs> You're like Gaston if he acknowledged that he drank cum. When I was a lad, I drank five quarts of cum every morning to help me get large. And now that I'm grown, I drink 12 quarts of cum. So I'm roughly the size of a barge. No one blows like Gaston. Gobbles cum. like Gaston. Goes down on a dude till he explodes like Gaston. Oh, there's no one as good at the rimming, <laughs> fisting, and licking the sack. You can ask any Billy or Timmy, and they'll tell you whose tongue they would like to thwack. Thwack? That's what sound your dick makes when it hits a tongue. I'm especially good at making them ejaculating. <laughs> um... For everyone who says we don't do enough songs on the show anymore, you're welcome. Well, we're getting back to it. There's a hit back on the charts right there. Oh, boy. So uh, what this gentleman was probably most surprised at. <laughs> what was he most surprised at, Matt? The girl I, it was a friend of mine from New York who, who's a, who has a background in improv. Okay. She was completely calm as a cucumber for this entire exchange. She was sure. no surprise on her. Whatsoever right. that I was made this quick turn on this well, gentleman. She knows you exactly. Right. So she just was like, nope. I was wasn't say, there, put at all." There are many people that are around you often that I think would be really surprised by this. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So <laughs> he literally just turned to me and goes, "Have a nice night, man," <laughs> <laughs> and walked away. There you go. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Have a nice night. And for anyone who's asking you, because the thought had crossed my mind while it was happening, no, I did not have my giant knife on me when I went outside. Uh, okay. I had been at a habit just leaving that in the dressing room. That's probably like a, a good fine, idea. That's a fine habit. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I was like, I was actually very glad in hindsight, because I did not think a lot heading in no. to this interaction. No. Mid-interaction, I just was like, I'm glad I don't have this knife on my hip. Because yeah. <laughs> that... Would have just made it. It could have escalated to something he'd have probably beyond dumb, it. and it was dumb. He'd have probably right. grabbed for it. Yeah, that's what I mean. He could have grabbed for it, or he or, could have had some some other kind of weapon. Or yeah, anything. if he saw that and yeah. reacted in any kind of way, it would have it would have been a bad situation. I think. And as good as Matt Donnelly is at handling situations with humor and sarcasm, <laughs> I don't know how good Matt Donnelly is at a straight up knife fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I don't put money on me in one of those. No, I don't. Most of your Arizona crackheads fight with those uh, razor wire kites. We've, we've talked about that before. That's their go-to. So you, you have a little bit of a head start because you see them assembling the kite. Right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, shit. That's when them razor wire kites. 
The first time you actually you're in trouble is that they'll lick their finger, then hold it up to check for wind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh no, I hope that guy's have a razor wire kite in his backpack. Sure enough. And then it's just like click, click, click. He's like, you keep talking to me, but you give me five minutes, and it's on, and it's on. And you better hope a breeze didn't kick up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if we get a nor'easter whipping through here, you're done, son. This, this whole place is gonna be a massacre. Slice, slice, slice. Uh it was so, then she came to the show and we even hung out afterward, talked for a little bit. It didn't even come back up. Why would it? Why would it? Crackhead's gonna crackhead. Um, what are you gonna do? Yeah, I, I work on Fremont Street. Nothing oh. surprised me. Oh, anymore. I know. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh boy. But uh, you know, you actually talked about you and Anne talking about mo- modern times and how it's heavy. And I know that we don't like to, you know, we're preaching fun and we like to keep it comedy. I know that we actually have already interviewed movies with Mikey. Mm-hmm. Yes. So I do want to talk about something a little bit because it it struck we have an me, interview coming up. It struck me as an odd, uh, an odd personal note. Like when I was more socially inept and became, you know, famously, I was always becoming best friending every girl that I was attracted to, and I felt like it was really wrong or evil to like initiate even mm. and that's you know which 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 was you know i'll like try to initiate a, a sexual yeah encounter like when yeah when do you even like how and the reason why is because all these girls that i would become best friends with had actually all experienced some kind of sexual assault in high school mm. sure. and 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 early college mm. right well, I mean, if you're going to be best friends with Matt Donnelly, you're going to have some kind of <laughs> some kind of baggage. I remember actually f- surprising friends when they're like, I, when someone said, like, "What do you think the percentage of women is?" This is a long time ago. But like, what do you think the percentage is of like the average person of whatever? And I go, I said, I said that's like eighty percent. And he's yeah. like, "What?" I was like, "Every girl I talk to has a story." Yeah. Every girl I know, I mean, I I can't think of anyone that I know offhand that doesn't have some kind of maybe not sexual assault. But you know, some kind of harassment or something like yeah. some kind of some kind of something that would be considered legally to be at least sexual harassment by an employer, by a fellow employee, mm-hmm. by a, by someone in a in a position that not not just like oh this pal got drunk and and you know made an inappropriate comment to me at a party, but like right. at a, at an envi- in an environment are, where something and, and, could and, be done about it. And actually, yeah, an actual environment where where they have to be like oh shit. Where a human resources person could be involved. Well, this is, <laughs> right. those are those are even just the stories that stick out because of the level it goes to or the what. But that doesn't discount the everyday, of course, thousands of micro bullshit. Oh no, I'm not saying that. that no, I know, I know, that's no, not there too. No, I'm I know, but like, it's just insane. Like, like what we even consider to be report worthy, right? Thankfully, is changing. No, no, no. But at the same time, it's just insane to think about what women have to put up with every goddamn day. Yeah. Oh, that's the and and what I uh, what, what I'm thinking of is actually not less than sexual assault. I'm thinking about sexual assault. Yeah. And that. Sure. I remember surprised my friend by saying like I think about eighty percent of experience sexual assault. I, I mean, it's all it's all a form of sexual assault harassment. It's all a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. No. No. I'm talking real sexual assault, physical sexual assault. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah you're talking. The, and so, yeah. and then as I, you know, you know, moved to an island, blah blah blah, blah changed whatever, changed my social outlook, started dating a lot more functionally. You know, I started to think like, oh, I guess I just happened to be friends with people who had gone through hard times. Sure. I basically thought mentally, I kind of let that recede and think it had happened less. Mm. So you, what you mean is you. 
you were at eighty percent before. Yeah, you got down under eighty percent. Yes. And so, what would you say your your new number was at this point? Well, this is the thing. So then, now what's happening now with the current events? You were yes. on you were on island time. I was on island time. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. I'm waking up every day to read about another friend, another friend who I had no clue experiencing sexual assault. This is right now. Right now. Yeah. Yeah. Like on Facebook, I just kind of I go on Facebook now every day, wondering like, fuck, who's oh, it yeah. going to be today? That I didn't realize, that I didn't know. The amount of people that I've seen on Facebook, social media, that just post, and people that I know personally, yeah. that I've known for years, that just, you know, hashtag why I didn't report. Yes. And the why I didn't report thing is gut wrenching. It's gut wrenching. It's beautiful. It, and it, it's, the, the, take this in the spirit that I mean, it is a wonderful thing that it is now being put out there. Yeah. It's a wonderful thing that it's now being talked about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's way, way over. It's horrible, for, of course, that, it's, right. that it has to be talked about. No, it's horrible that one of the catalysts was a, was a victim-blaming president of the United States. Yes. That's part of it makes yeah. it, wow. you know, part of the catalyst is, is, of these events happening is that. Right. Not just the president of the United States, you know, leading members of the Senate and House and everything else. Yeah, but no, straight up in tweets, he did victim-blaming for, yeah. for, uh, Absolutely. for Ford. And, um, you know... Uh, and then, you know, you hear things like, why aren't my regular guy friends saying something, you know? And so part of it is, you know, and part of what I'm doing now is that, like feeling like, oh, you know, I know we're preaching fun, but I guess me being quiet sucks also. Yes. You know, we have to, we have to speak up and I, 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 yeah, go ahead. And no, and, and like, and then in that thought, you know, just actually like driving here from California, thinking about saying that thought of saying I, I haven't been saying anything and I and I feel horrible. I don't want to be a silent person in this. Mm-hmm. Realizing that I got something majorly wrong about this Kavanaugh versus uh, Me Too and Why I Didn't Report thing, mm-hmm. which is seeing the argument as this is about the Supreme Court and now the idea that this being a symptom of uh, sexual misconduct mm-hmm. is really... Uh, you know, crazily affecting this uh, idea of like how we might select the Supreme Court justice, right? Right. That I thought this was about the Supreme Court, and then people have been like, "This is really about sexual harassment," and somehow that that fish shouldn't shouldn't swallow the other fish. Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? I think so. That like, wow, I can't believe how much this sexual misconduct has really taken over this argument about a Supreme Court nominee. Okay. So much so, you know. Right. And then I'm like. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Like, th- this is the more important thing being discussed. The-, the Supreme Court seat isn't as important as this other thing as dealing with sexual assault in modern society. Right? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. And that, like, that this happened to be a symptom of that. But like, yes, this is still this roaring that's been happening from the Women's March mm-hmm. uh, uh, the day uh, after Trump got elected to you know to now, like, really. Sometimes, like, you being the person who thinks on the right side of it, but not talking about it or not being active can be just as bad. You know, like, for instance, like, segregation, right? Yes. As a northerner, you like to think that the South is a bunch of bigots. And, uh, and you're that, great. And, and, and that we're doing okay up here. Then you do the research and it turns out because there's never been a government-mandated integration of race, the North is actually more segregated than the South in terms right. of race. Right? And you're like, oh, whoopsie-daisy. I've like, been looking at that wrong. I, I would consider... 
I mean, I, I grew up in the deep south. Yeah. I grew up, you know, I, I, I think I've talked about it on the show before. I actually I accidentally walked in, like, walked up on a, a clan cross burning one time <laughs> when I was a kid. I just, like, happened upon it. Yeah. My friend and I were older. I was probably 12, and you were 13. Like, Paul, what are you doing here? Yeah. I was like, is that, <laughs> is that your bed sheet? No. I would never damage Star Wars sheets. <laughs> are you crazy? Actually, at that time, it was probably Pac-Man or Dukes of Hazard. My friend Dukes and I, of Hazard would work. My friend and I were old enough to you know that the these were crazy Dukes people. Dukes of Hazard sheets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just wear that as a cape. Fine, yeah. Dukes of Hazard sheets would work. I, I, I dressed up like a Dukes of Hazard ghost for Halloween. And then everyone thought I was in the clan. People misinterpreted the shit out of that. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think that's right. I think that's right. Now, we are, we are in the middle of a sea change moment. Oh, what I was going to say, though, is there, there are many northern cities, mm. Yankee cities, like yeah. Boston, for instance, yeah. that I think of as much more openly racist yeah. than many of the cities and many of the people that I grew up around. Yeah. Uh, because it is, a, it is a completely different. And now it's, I'm not saying that there is not absolutely uh, embedded racism in the Deep South still. Because right. there is. Right. And, there, and there has been you know, my entire life. But it's a completely different animal once you get into the northern racism. Racism once once you get away from the southern racism. Absolutely, you, you absolutely, because the southern racism is not okay, and people there know that it's not okay, and so they hide it and it's buried. And but it's I mean, it's there and it's it's right. Well, it's hidden from certain people. There's right. absolutely that's, su- that's the, the, the there's the absolutely superiority of, of people who grew up in the yes. north over the south, thinking they're more racially sensitive yes. than people in the south. One hundred percent, and that's what I'm worried about here. Yes, with this is like as someone who likes. Who admits to white privilege? Who mm-hmm. who 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 believes uh, Ford? You yes. know who 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 actually for for just on um, just a litigation level thinks Kavanaugh should not be Supreme Court justice. Mm. Uh, oh, there there are so many reasons other than yeah. just Ford's allegations yeah. that I'm like, okay, this guy should be disqualified now. A stolen document and perjury about stolen documents is enough to not be a Supreme Court justice. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, that I go like, well, I'm on the, I'm on her side. I'm a, I'm good. You know, and then realizing uh, maybe maybe that's not enough, you know, or maybe have, that's we all have a lot more work to do. Right. We all have a lot more work to do. And that's what this is. This moment is teaching us. And and that right, like you're, you're you know, it's it, it is the, the Supreme Court thing is important because it is a big. Giant flashing red light of shit is fucking wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, the, but, as, as someone. Very pessimistic. This is bi- this is a biased thing that made me laugh the way they put it, though. But it's it's a, a laugh out of out of sheer terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, was that a sexual predator is trying to nominate another sexual predator just so he can legislate how uh, so he can take over and, and make sure that they legislate how women can right. what women can do with their bodies. That's yeah. exactly yeah right. But you're That's right. A frightening. Thing. There is more. Yes. Hopefully, this will and not just the idea- end with. I don't think it will. This debate and this 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 change of of understanding will not end with this row over the Supreme Court nomination. Uh, it will be a continuing conversation and one that can evolve and grow from this point. Forward. And the conversation, the why I didn't report yeah. conversation consuming and becoming more important than the Supreme Court seat mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. is good. Yeah. Yes. Like, is what, like, that the, not that, to that, take anything away, the Supreme Court thing still needs to be worked on. I no, uh, but, definitely does, but like, but it is seeing... A, it See, is a positive from all this negative. But that is a, that is a societal change yeah. that is that we're now seeing steps being taken. Yes, in, yeah. Which mm-hmm. is that that is bigger than a than even a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. Yeah, I mean, and a lot bigger. 
Sure. Yeah, that's close. Is, and that's the thing. Is like, it, it, I'm, I'm because societal dumb. change will take care of – like, if the societal change happens, all of this other stuff, that the, right. all the bullshit with the Supreme Court and everything, a lot of that gets taken care of because of the societal change. Yes. And and that if, – if that wave comes in like, you know, knocks the Supreme Court nominee process, it makes it imperfect – yeah, and crazy because it is fucking crazy. Bad shit. I almost when I was opening in Phoenix, wanted to go like, you know, no matter what side of this you're on, you gotta admit it's going real well. <laughs> <laughs> it's going real well. People in charge know what they're doing and they know how to handle this. <laughs> it is. That's what we're really taking away here. <laughs> it, is, it is absolute madness. And so it is, and it's just but like the 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 the, the wave of of uh, voices that are coming up because of it. Like it was like really. Uh, I I didn't understand the the tension that was hitting. I had inside out is really the what okay. I'm trying to say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know that it's not. This is not simply a matter of uh, crazy political gamesmanship getting out of hand. This is this has been symptomatic of like a, a, a an anger that I didn't understand. This is, I mean, it is, it's political gamesmanship certainly getting out of hand. That sure. is certainly a part of it. Yes. But that gamesmanship has pulled the lid off of something that I think a lot of the people who were playing that political game did not realize was there. Yeah, that's... that's it, has, a- it has uncapped something that has just exploded in their faces now that they're going like, oh, what do we do with this? What do we, how do we, yeah, even, yeah, yeah. How do we that's much, begin that's to deal much, with this? Yeah, you said that much better because I think the people who did help to let are like, oh, shit. Yeah. This is a lot more than what I thought we were Even getting. the people who were on Ford's side going in that were play- and and they were playing a political game on their side. Yeah. We're not we're not sainting anyone. It was politics that- all the way around. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. not I'm not and that's the thing is like that's why I want to talk talk specifically about yeah. the, my my apologizing for getting it wrong on the why I didn't report thing is what I'm trying to begin to end this conversation yes. with. Uh I, I, I don't like those people, even the people who were on Ford's side were very wrong about what they were uncorking here. Paul's pissed. He's out of here. Yeah. Yep. Paul has to pee out. Has Paul's bladder shrunk since we moved churns? <laughs> does, it, does it seem like he has a smaller bladder? I'm going to say it's the lumbar support pillow on his chair. Oh, maybe. You don't maybe need to should... close the door. Oh, no, it's fine. It's too late now. <laughs> I think I think the lumbar pillow of it's his fancy Star Wars chair bladder. is pushing on his kidneys. That's what I think is happening. Mm, maybe that's it. That's what I think is happening. Um, all right. So, and we should we should just go ahead and say now for whatever we just misstated. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I just I, actually, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get it righter. You yes. know, like I, I, I. Please tell us what we. Please tell us what we are wrong about because yeah. we, we, we know that we're wrong about something. And uh, and not about the uh, Supreme Court thing, just about the why. Yeah, yeah. Court we thing. don't want to talk about the Supreme Court thing. No. Yeah. Uh, it's just a matter that, like, I realize that, like, that that Yankee superiority I have about about thinking I'm more open minded about race than a Southerner, uh-huh. which I've now been doing a podcast for years with two Southerners. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, so now you you've confirmed that, <laughs> you know, and 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 the day I'm 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 a straight guy thinking like yeah I'm on the right side of 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 where this is and so I mean I know when we've talked about other when we've talked about other issues in the past on the show which we, we've talked about trans issues we've talked about sexual issues we've talked yeah. about the, all all these kinds of things and we're and just getting back to us being wrong we're always wrong about points sure but I think. I think what I always try to do, I'll just speak for myself. What I always try to do is I just try to come at it from a place of love. Yeah. I, I don't want to, I mean, I just, I just want everybody to be good. I want everybody to be okay. Yeah. And so I, I want women to be okay. I want men to be okay. I want, you know, whoever you are, I want you to be okay. I want you to feel safe in what you're doing. I want you to feel safe in who you are and, and just be able to function 
normally in society as whoever it is that you are. Yeah. And I, and I mean, if we can get to that spot, I think we're, I think we're in good shape. Yeah. And, uh, I'd say like the hardest, if we locked the door, hilarious. Paul locked himself out. You got it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, get I'll it. just talk. Yeah. So one of the hardest things for me about the why, cause I'm reading, I'm reading the, uh, uh, I'm reading the why I'm reading these horrible instances of, of sexual assault that happened to my friends years ago. That's yes. what I'm reading every day. Yes, it's heartbreaking. And not having the words to even reach out, you know, because uh, yeah, like how do feels... you comment on that Facebook post? Yeah. And what you're realizing is like how much victim blaming isn't just about outside sources, but it's a part of the person who's experiencing it. Right. Yeah. So. They basically go, like, if I was even 10% responsible, like, I said yes to a drink, or I went back to the hotel, or mm-hmm. I met him at his place, or whatever, you know, I let him walk me to my car. Yeah. You know, they're letting that that percentage they're become... Le- they're not even a percentage of responsibility, but, yeah. like, maybe even, not even a bad choice, but a questionable choice. Yeah, yeah, what I'm saying is that I'm listening to people who are giving themselves percentage of ownership. Yes, and so the moment it becomes not a hundred percent, the other the other person, yeah, they feel like they don't want, they don't want to they don't they can't talk about it, right? And that's awful, yeah. You know, and uh, and also the idea of like walking to a room and that being the first thing people talk about, just not wanting that to be a defining part mm-hmm. of their every interaction they have, and that's terrible. Yeah. So, uh, it's so I don't have the words. I just feel, I wish, I just wish it wasn't that way. And I, I wish... remember I have a, I have a vivid memory, uh, which means it's probably mostly wrong. Uh, but, <laughs> I, but I have a very vivid memory. I was probably about 16. Yeah. Uh, I had a car, I had a, I had a vehicle and a friend of mine called me, a close friend of mine called me. I'm still friends with this person today. Uh, a close friend of mine called me and said, uh, could, could not say the words. Yeah, but, but said without so many words, I was just raped in a in a bathroom. Mm. I was just raped in a in a gas station bathroom. And uh, could you come pick me up? And uh, went and picked this person up, and went and and got some other friends. And there were probably four or five of us together, just crying and upset and everything else. And then it got to, what are we going to do? Right now, like this is the night. We're still, we're still, you know, less than an hour out. Yeah. Let's go to the hospital. Let's call the police. Let's do all this. Yeah. And our friend instantly shot it all down. Oof. Just wanted to be done and shot it down for many reasons. But it, but it was, it was heart wrenching at the time. And looking back on it, you know, now that I'm, now that I'm an adult, looking back at it, yeah, I certainly would have handled it differently than sixteen year old me would have handled it. Sure. But, I mean, even at the time... At 16, you think that you can hunt down that person and kill them. Sure. And it makes the world better. Yes. And it doesn't. Nope. That's the hard part, right? So, like, even if you create a system where that person experiences justice... I don't know that it wouldn't make it a little better, maybe. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but like, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. On a much more horrible level... I know level, what you're saying. I know what I, you're saying. On a, on, a bigger, on a bigger scale, it is a... It's an epidemic that we can't... You can't grasp at that age. And... Just yeah, just taking I, I, vigilante justice is not going to to put a dent in 
what the the, the systemic problem. No, no, no. And here's where it can actually make it worse. And, and this is why it's mm. it's why being a victim is so fucking awful and complicated. Mm-hmm. Which is that I had a friend friend of a friend. Yeah. Something happened. Uh, something horrible happened to their child. Okay, that's all I'll say. Yes. The 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 guy, uh, of course, rage. Wanted pure to, rage. No, unquestionably would have guiltlessly murdered this person. Yes. And the, the counselor said, don't. I know you want to, don't, and here's why. Yes, you'll go to jail. And yes, you won't care because everyone who knows you rationally would say, of course. Yeah. Right? Everyone will make an excuse for you. Your child will blame themselves for you ending up in jail. Sure. Your child will say this was all my fault and will make the same if I just didn't do this, if I made this different choice and do all the nitpicky things they do. Mm-hmm. And so, like, even... If you make a big deal to bring justice or whatever, the victim still feels the guilt of that. Right. Of that becoming a big deal. It's, it's fucking it's awful. It's simply it horrible. Is. It's it, just It awful. is by yeah. definition horrible. Yeah. And so that's where it's just – yeah, and that's why it's just difficult. So just, just – it's something that I feel – I felt my own personal guilt about never talking about it because mm-hmm. uh, I want to not be someone who's who's – you know, absent on this. Yeah. I know we have a responsibility to be a preaching fun podcast and a comedy podcast. Um, but I, I just, it's a heavy time right now. It's a heavy time. Well, let me, it's, I've, exa- I've experienced the exact same thing as every time I go on social media, yeah. it's just, it just keeps hitting you. And, and, and I have not even had those kinds of experiences. I can only imagine how difficult it is for anyone who has had any of that kind of, uh, trauma in their life. To have to have it thrown in their face every fucking minute of every fucking day right now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Let me try to wrap it up this way. Um, we know that we know that listeners, and we assume that listeners that we that we don't know of have have suffered these uh, these traumas, these these experiences, and everything. And we love you. We we love you. It's it's never your fault. And this is just uh, just another thing that that must be overcome. And it, it, it's, it must be overcome uh, personally, and, and it must be overcome societally. Um, I, I mean, and we do not have the answers. But yeah, we, are we, we don't. We don't have the side. answers. We don't have the words. But yeah, absolutely, we're completely yeah. on your side. Okay, cool. So, all right. With that in mind, we already recorded a great interview with yeah. Mikey Newman. So we're, we're we're asking permission and and taking this opportunity to shift gears. You know, we went down this uh, knowing that we had this already recorded in our back pocket. Uh, this is Mikey Newman, Movies with Mikey, and as you know, we had a vote on our page just to what he's going to do at Scoop Fest, and so we're, we're going to reveal that movie together, and we have a great discussion with Mikey Newman. Um, so here's, here's that interview. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the churn, Mr. Mikey Newman of Film Joy fame Yay. and Movies <laughs> with Mikey. Woohoo! Hello. Hello, everyone. Hello. Mikey, thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you so much for agreeing to come out to Scoop Fest this year. I'm excited. I love Vegas. It's like my favorite town. In small doses. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's... I also like it in small doses. 15-year uh, increments. That's, that's what I really <laughs> like it. So in, a, in a few years, I'm going to have to leave for like a month or so. That's why me, I'm a Henderson I go man two myself. or three times. <laughs> Oh, uh, I go two or three times a year. I'm a Vegas addict. Nice. What uh, what normally brings you out to Vegas? Food, generally, just mm. all of the food is good. People like, are they coming just to scoop compiled back. all of these. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are coming to Scoop Fest. Uh, tell them what, what's what's your favorite restaurant while the, while they're here. Uh, there is a place I forget where it is. Just look it up. It's called Sushi Samba. Their sushi is really good, but the reason to go there is the 700 degree A5 Wagyu hot rock, uh, where they just give you a molten rock and salt, and then A5 Wagyu beef with all this like different salts and like citrus, wow. like pears. Well, no. Pears in addition to citrus. They give you all this stuff, but then it's like, it's amazing. It's you incredible. just cook it on it's your own damn rock? Yup. Here's your food. Here's a rock. Start cooking. Well, the first thing they give you is a big-ass piece of... Wait, sorry. Can I swear? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah please. Yeah. Please, please swear. <laughs> a big butted... No, a, bi- a big piece of, of Wagyu fat, and you just like sensually caress the rock with like Ooh. fat. It's it's a little sexual. It's no. a mildly sexual. I was gonna say, do you have to sensually caress, or was that like your innovation? I mean, it's your oyster. Do whatever you want. I'm just saying that's I like. If I'm doing it, there better be some baseline. Like, like just how I rock. I don't know. For for people who want to know, Sushi Samba is in the uh, canal shops at the Palazzo. It's, it's Palazzo in Venetian. Yes. I have been there before, and what I'm always disappointed by is that they're not playing Samba music. They should they should only play Samba music. They're usually playing Sushi music. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Might as well just give every table a copy of Samba de Amigo and just go all the way. Yeah. Yes. Sushi Put forks on the end of those maracas. Yep. Make them eat and keep a rhythm. I like it. Well, Mikey, you are known for, well, first of all, Deep Dive is your new show, your newest project. But you have been deep diving into films for quite a while now, digging out gems and and pulling the good from even what some might say is the rougher around the edges uh, type uh, movies here and there. But always, always finding the positives. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 Sorry, go. No, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I feel like the internet is too negative, which I, feels like a blanket statement that's really obvious. But <laughs> No, but, yeah, but you're the only one doing something about it, so there you go. I 100% agree. Not. <laughs> well, no, I, you know, I had an old show, uh, Ugly Couch Show, video show that I used to do with my buddies, and that was our credo, was that we'd only talk about nerdy things that we truly love and enjoy. Not we never talk negatively about anything. Just talk, talk because yeah, because there's enough negative out there, by far. Mm-hmm. But now this time, we really dropped the gauntlet on you here, and we put yeah. a vote up. We put a poll up with a bunch of really tough to love films. Some yeah. of these we basically like. We're like, oh yeah, you're gonna try to change the negative internet with your positivity. Fuck that, and we challenged you <laughs> with five movies you that did. we know are horrible. <laughs> <laughs> that that we believe deserve no love. And we had the audience vote right. on them. We're going to force you to love a bad movie. So the movies under consideration were Crawl, Spice World, Batman and Robin, Sharknado, and Mortal Kombat. Which, when we had uh, thousands of votes. It got close to close to 2,000 votes uh, all the way up here. Yeah. And uh, Batman and Robin, the runaway winner. Joel yeah. Schumacher, if I'm not mistaken, right? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. Joel Schumacher, yeah. Joel mm-hmm. Schumacher, largely openly ridiculed for basically killing that era of the Batman franchise. 
and you it's, must. It's interesting. You must love it. Sorry, you must love it. That was I. The funny thing is how this because when we were talking about this originally, like put it up for vote, give me a challenge. Uh, I think Sharknado is the only one that would have truly challenged me because I find you, that idea so uh, abhorrent. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't, you know, we were worried. I, I didn't, well, that movie's so self-aware that I, I didn't want to, yeah. it wasn't that enticing, you know, because basically like, they, they yeah. ironically made something. So for you to, you to honestly try to find likability, you might come off ironic as well. And I just felt like it's just like two I, degrees of separation of, of anything that we really yeah. that we really could could sink our teeth into. That was my thinking. I feel like we re- replaced the word challenging or, or ironic in that sentence with uh, cynical. Oh uh, yeah. I don't oh, okay. do well with cynicism, and that movie feels okay. so cynical to me. Yeah. Like, and the first one was less cynical than the ones after it, but sure. that that's a challenge for me because I don't do cynicism well. Mm. Well, and I like the people that made do. Batman and Robin believed so much in what they were doing. They thought they were making a uh, good movie. Yeah, and and like when you when you hear because what I'm gonna do because what this started out is take a bad movie and just do a movie's Mikey Ha bit, um, but that is not where it ended up. I actually found a lot of like fascinating things about this movie and why things happened. Uh, and I'm going to give it value, actually. I'm psyched uh, about that. Well, that, also because we, we, we uh, love Batman, and we love, we, and then at that time we loved the Batman franchise. And so, yeah, if you're going to lend, it's kind of like you know, if that's the case, we should have made you take on like uh, episode one <laughs> or something like that. Like if you have this ability, already, to do what you just described, to... like because it's really not that Batman and Robin is so atrocious; is that at the time it was so heartbreaking. You know, yeah, I'm. I'm curious. What did you think of Batman Forever? That's the uh, Jim Carrey vehicle. Yes, that's the one where yes. it really started to. That, that's the one where it turned because that was the first one that Tim Burton didn't do, and so that was the one where it really took a downturn. Also, also Schumacher though. Yeah, right. It goes Burton, Burton, Schumacher, Schumacher. Right. It at the time I remember it not being thrilled with it, but it, well, I think my fandom was still yeah. super high that I didn't. I rewatched. We gave it a pass. I re- we as a society gave it a pass. Yeah, yeah. I rewatched. We did. It. We, did. we did. It's kind of like you. It's the person who confirms your fears, right? So the second yeah. movie confirmed our fears, right? Uh, uh, the uh, when I tried to rewatch Batman Forever, it came on something. I don't even flip channels anymore, so I don't even know how this was possible. I must have been in a hotel or something. Okay. Regardless, it was unwatchable. I, I tried to watch twenty minutes of it, and I was like, "This is garbage." And then knowing. The only thing that makes it remotely watchable now is knowing that Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey. <laughs> Yo, yeah. That Just makes those scenes him. so much more watchable because those scenes are horrible. They're written nonsense. I mean, they follow no rules of screenwriting. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, let's make sure we get these two yeah. guys in a room and make them chat. Like, they do nothing. <laughs> I love the, the, the vision of all of it because... What needs to be remembered is that the Burton films and the Schumacher films are canonically the same universe. Yeah. And they actually share they share two actors, Commissioner Gordon and Alfred, mm. are the same actor through all four movies. But just jumping from Batman Returns, where Tim Burton just decided to shit every bed with just wacky violence, <laughs> like horrible, horrible, over-the-top violence, 
that absolutely is not appropriate for children, like swing all the way the other direction with Batman uh, Forever, which made the most money ever. Like it was the first movie ever to get $20 million in a day, uh, which was a huge, like it was a behemoth. Yeah. So we we all gave it that pass and they sort of repeated a lot of the same bits, just even more cheesy and dumb that leads into Batman and Robin. Like it's so fascinating. Yeah. I'm, I actually I'm I, curious where are you go. uh do you do you watch have you watched any of the Norm show on Netflix? Is no. that Norm McDonald? Yeah. That's that's a solid no for me. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not, I'm not a norm boy. Uh, fair, fair, fair enough. Uh, he interviews Michael Keaton. I don't recall Michael Keaton oh. being interviewed in like a long format. Oh yeah, before Norm Macdonald is yeah. admittedly in, and and I guess now you can after watching much of the series, purposefully horrible at hosting a talk show. Right, like the show is very aware of itself, but not winking. It it purposely starts it, off awkward. Like the the shows start with Norm Macdonald entering the room and getting mic'd up, and they touch with makeup, and then they sit down and start the show. Right. As if they are starting the show, but you watch the whole pre-show run into the show. You know, like, it's very aware of itself. And then most of the guests yeah. make fun of how terrible Norm Macdonald is at doing interviews. Even at one point, Michael Keaton That's was like, you should, we should have a map of, like, your synapse uh, clicking uh, behind you as, you as you realize things that the audience has already known for a very long time. Uh, and it was great. But I, I watched it, and I was like, I forgot. I literally forgot how much I fucking loved Michael Keaton. Well, I mean, the uh, when he when he did the uh, the Spider Man movie when he was the Birdman or whatever the Birdman, but I think it was Birdman. I think that's a, that was his character in Spider Man movie. Vulture well, is the name, but okay. Jacob just spun a mental uh, wheel of of animals. Yeah, he's <laughs> like he's like I know he played Batman and I know there's another man. I know there was a bird. He was a bird. What are you? He flew. What well, he was he was the donkey in Shrek. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get, <laughs> but like you know, I, but he was great in that. I mean, that was a, that was kind of a reintroduction of him in in some ways. Yeah, and I mean, he, he was fantastic as a kid. I just I liked I liked the idea of being crazy. I remember like my kids and I had like a crazy club where we ranked each other based on like weird versus nuts versus crazy versus bonkers. It was like really as dumb as as little kids can be. And Michael Keaton was this comedian who was allowed to do drama because he was considered crazy. And I loved that as a kid. And so I loved him in Mr. Mom and Gung Ho, but also, like, he did, like, Pacific Heights. And then all of a sudden, like, that they gave that guy Batman was, like, I remember feeling like an, like something that, like, connect, I connected with viscerally. I was like, oh, my God, they let this kind of crazy funny guy play fucking Batman. That's awesome. Yeah, right. And then it came out, and it was so dark and heavy. And I was like, this is fucking great. Yeah. You know? Oh, I lost my mind when Batman when the original Batman came out. I lost my shit. Yeah, it was I, great. I used to be able to do the 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 Jack Nicholson Joker one. I used to I used to be able to do that movie line for line with my friends. We do it on the bus. Yeah, we would just do the whole movie. Loved that. Jack movie. Nicholson, highest paid uh, actor in all of Batman. Wow, fifty million dollars. Wow. wow, that's amazing. Yeah, but, and and part of it was he he worked for back end. I was and he say, got merch sales. Point. But his contract allowed for box office and merch sales from Batman Returns. Oh, my God. When all was said and done, Jack Nicholson made $50 million, (laughs) which puts every other person 
forever sure. is that man to shake. Yeah, yeah but, but hard to say not worth it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, because he, he lended so much credence to that movie. Well, yeah. I mean, he, he I brought know. in, it was Jack Nicholson. That's, a, that's, a, that's an insane. So who, now, who lost money paying him that money? That's <laughs> what I want to know. Right. True, right. Maybe, maybe right. Who Michael Keaton pay- was Birdman, by the way, <laughs> in the movie Birdman. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, so I didn't, I didn't realize there was a question mark hanging on that. <laughs> there was for me. <laughs> so, Mikey, he not played to, Vulture in Spider-Man. <laughs> yes, thank you. There not, it is. To, uh, not to give away too much of where you might be going with your episode, but it sounds like mm. Uh, you've got uh, some kind of angle on the marketing behind it all and sort of how that maybe poisoned the well somewhat. I don't know. I So so the angle I'm doing, and uh, I'll, I'll probably be announcing the episode on Twitter after this because I wanted to wait to announce it until after we talked, uh, but it's called A Eulogy for Batman and Robin, and it does contain a eulogy where I'm like, I wish this hadn't happened. Right. Uh, but up until then, I list many omens. And and by that, because it's like omen one, omen two, uh, omen three, I just go through different omens where, like, they should have known. <laughs> like, writing was on the wall. This, <laughs> it, it really is, like, through the whole thing. Like, y'all should have known. <laughs> um, but the stories are so fascinating and like what occurred with this movie is so endlessly like it it really challenged me to make a, an actual like honest to god movies a Mikey episode but like about a bad film right. and i embrace it for being bad but then i give it a new value yeah um cuz like the fact that we don't talk about batman and robin in the like the room space is like really weird right because oh, batman yeah. and robin made they made more wrong decisions than the room, and they cost millions more. <laughs> so, I I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm placing it up there next yeah. to next to Tommy Wiseau. Wow, <laughs> your your move, Tommy. <laughs> oh well, this is exciting. He's gonna like hit, hit me up on Twitter. I'm gonna have Tommy Wiseau like, excuse me, you got you got me. beef coming at you now. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll just be like, oh, hi, Mark. Uh, <laughs> Both parties, like, wanting you to not do that. Like, Schumacher and... He's Lissot. our next Riddler. He's yeah. our next Riddler. So <laughs> for Riddler. Keep that conversation where it is also. Let's get that. Well, we can't wait. Yeah, we're super excited that you're going to be at Scoop Fest, number one. And number two, you're going to yep. be premiering this episode for us live at our event. It's going to be super exciting. And then uh, a little a brief yeah. Q&A. Uh, well, so, so, cause you, li- it's listed on the thing as movies of Mikey live, which is my live show. So it's actually built into the live show. Okay. Uh, there will be time for questions at the end, but right. like, I'm, I'm given a lot right, of knowledge be- <laughs> about movies. Awesome. It's a, it's a big one. Awesome. This is a big one. We're thrilled. So I hope We're it thrilled. goes well. We can't wait. Dude. So excited. Thank I- you so I- much for dropping by and chatting us up here. Uh, before we get it going, uh, guys, it's still not too late. There's still tickets available to come on out to Scoop Fest and check out. I'll be there. Mikey Newman, right? He's going to be there. Mikey's going to be there. It's October 12th, 13th, and 14th here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. You can head over to HayScoops.com slash Vegas and get your tickets there. And make sure you bring your Wagyu fat and your hot rock. And by that, that's all, that's all double talk. Just, oh, yeah. We just want you to come and make out during Mikey's <laughs> That life. just means butt plugs. During Mikey's show. I just want, yeah. just want to get you could, all. Could you guys actually 
work it out with Sushi Samba so they like deliver over a hot rock right well, as my live show starts. And I'm getting, just like, we're getting some food trucks out here, so may, we gotta we gotta see. I'll Maybe see if, I'll see if I got a. a hot do we have the Sushi food. Samba food truck coming out? Uh, the, I left a message. <laughs> okay, good. I don't know how many sushi. You're gonna be like, how much does that cost? <laughs> not cheap i'll tell you it's that it's cheap, not cheap. that is not no. cheap there's nothing there that's cheap um it's right. a5 wagyu it's you know right <laughs> well we're psyched to have you man we can't wait yeah i'm very excited i hope i get all this done it's only tuesday <laughs> no problem i've produced a lot more in less time before I'm not <laughs> well thank you so much and uh we'll see you very soon out here rocking it thanks mikey all right bye there we go. So, guys, if you are not watching Film Joy on the old YouTubes, please do yourself a favor and tune in to his amazing channel. Please go subscribe if you get a chance. He's got some wonderful content on there already. And like I said, creating a brand new episode just for us uh, to be premiered at Scoop Fest 18, uh, all about Batman and Robin. And that's the cool thing about Mikey when he when he digs deep uh he finds the he finds the nuggets there. Boy, I am looking forward to hearing what's good about well, that movie. That's his other his other uh, fun series that he just started up called Deep Dive, where he just gets together and watches a movie with friends and watches a ostensibly bad film, and they just find the gold, they find the fun, they find the good things. And you know, he he made that statement, and he's absolutely right. There is enough negativity on the internet. It's the it, it sounds dumb to have to kind of restate that, and it's the truth, and we all know it. But at the same time. Trying to bring a little positivity. Yeah. It's a great mission, and I really appreciate what he's doing. Uh, I've been thoroughly entertained by a lot of his videos. It's Please our, check him out. It's our mission statement, and yet he's doing a better job of it than we are. Yeah, so there certain, you go. He's he's extremely talented, and his videos are extremely well produced. Uh, please go check him out. I think you'll love him. So I went to um, – I, I, I was working an event the other day, and that event – I was working in the lab. <laughs> I was working at an event the other day, and that it event was the werewolf. Was, and I was glad he came, because I had been wanting to bite his balls. <laughs> the event was the celebration of life. Paul never for... missed an opportunity to, no. to, to werewolf's balls. Steer, steer it straight it's the, to werewolf's it's balls. the time of the year for werewolf's balls, guys. It's never that time of year. <laughs> so the, the event was the celebration of life for Mr. Robin Leach. Oh, yeah. So that that happened the other day at the, in the Palazzo Theater here in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Did you pocket some silverware in his honor? Absolutely, nice. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, the show Absinthe had a we had a couple of acts performing in the in the show, so I went over with the acts. Yeah, uh, we did. Uh, I, I I caught up on uh, on Penn Sunday School as of today. I've been doing yeah. a lot of work around the house, so I've had a lot of podcast listening time. So I caught up on Penn Sunday School. Penn uh, talks at, at length in his latest episode on, of Penn Sunday School about it, so I won't go too deep into it. Yeah. Uh, he does mention uh, Clint Holmes singing Hallelujah. Yeah. He, he talks about that a lot. Uh, what I will say about it, to add to his story on that, I was in the room when Clint came in to do his sound check that afternoon. Okay. Uh, Clint uh, was was accompanied on piano by a friend of mine, Christian, uh, who is a, a wonderful pianist. Uh, the two of them started, uh, Christian started playing Clint started singing, and all work in the room stopped. Yeah. Because Clint is a fucking stone-cold killer. I yeah. said it on uh, Penzenda School, and I'll say it here. Clint Holmes is someone I mistakenly, when I moved to Vegas, constantly underestimated. Yes. Every time he's like, oh, Clint. And this thing of like, oh, of course Clint Holmes is here. 
Right. And then every time he performs, every single time, you're like, motherfucker, that guy is good. He's very he good. Is the, and he's the biggest sweetheart in yeah. person. You know, yes. I, I, was, I was chatting with him backstage for a little while. Yeah. He goes out of his way to remember names. He yep. goes out of his way to... I mean, the, he and I have never worked together. We see each other socially, and he... Guaranteed, he always knows exactly who I am and wants to wants to have a conversation and catch up. I mean, we we speak he twice is a year. De- the definition of like a world class entertainer, class yes. act. Yep. He's just a yep. classy guy. He was fantastic. That's not what I want to talk about. <laughs> what I want to talk about is this is this is not the funeral of Robin Leach that happened already. This no. was a secondary event that's now happened months later. Yes, a celebration of Robin Leach's life yeah. is what this was. So we're there earlier in the day doing uh, sound checks and tech rehearsals for different acts that are going to be uh, entertainment during the during the whole bit. Yeah. One of the things that they had on stage was a table. It was off to the. It was off on the very side of the stage, downstage, and had a special light just focused on it. And that was Robin's table. On Robin's table, there was one of his baseball caps that he that he wore often, especially later in life. Mm-hmm. And one of his silverware from every casino in yep. town. Just monogrammed silverware from every every <laughs> casino and every every wealthy person's dinner parties. <laughs> and over the back of the chair was one of his jackets. Mm-hmm. He he had many uh you know, fancy, fancy jackets. Different. Was it a white jacket? No, it was a, it was a crazy pattern jacket. Ah. Yeah, so it was one, it was one of his real fun. You know, going out, you going to a party jacket, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's draped over the chair. And even in this time of sound checks and uh, lighting, lighting techs and doing all this kind of stuff, they had the special focused on that. So there's just a beam of light yeah. shining down on this table. And the whole idea was this is going to be Robin's table. It's there. You know, somebody somebody had a very a very clever idea. Uh, to to have that over there during the during the entire thing. Sure. As we're sitting there, we're we're moving around. We're getting stuff kind of set for some of our acts. We're dealing with the with the house crew there and with the with the production company that come in. I see out of the corner of my eye over at Robin's table <laughs> a security guard. Oh no! Just make his way out on the stage. We have one of our acts is is uh, warming up on the stage, which is a uh, three the, the, no, very no, attractive women. Now wait, the the, the table is is. Just like a little cocktail table. It's not a little round the, cocktail table. Is it on the stage? It is on the stage. Okay, it is on the stage. Yes. Okay. This is all on the stage. Yeah, and a security guard has decided he needs to investigate this table on the stage. Nope, a security guard has decided he needs to be closer to the three very attractive Russian acrobats who are warming uh, up on the stage. Okay. And so he comes out, pulls the chair with Robin's jacket oh, out. Oh, no. And just plops right down. Robin would have loved that. <laughs> Crumpling sure. the jacket and oh, everything. Oh, my God. Moves the hat out of his way so that he can put his coffee on the table. Holy shit! And I'm just standing there, <laughs> security guard. I'm like, this is it. not, this is not my, this is my room. I'm yeah, not, right. I'm not charging. Not anything. my circus. Not my monkeys. Yep. He pulls out Robin Leach's Jergens lotion. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and we sat there and watched as one of the room. Attendants, one of the people who work in the room, had to go up to him and explain why he shouldn't sit there. That's yeah. a tough one. Yeah. And then the security guard, I can hear him say, uh, well, I, I do need a chair, though. Oh, my God. And so he made this person go <laughs> get him Jergens. a chair and bring the chair back out to where he was Holy on the stage. Shit. I need both moist and dry towelettes. Yep. And uh, the most fun I had You're all night long. You're sitting on Robin Leach's ghost, sir. The most fun I had all night long 
was backstage before the whole event started. Mm. Uh, Robin's son, yeah, came was backstage, just milling around. Met met him, was chatting with him a little bit, and he brought up the table, and he thought the table was was funny. He yeah. he was making fun of the table a little bit, and so uh, myself and Voki, uh, Voki was in the room as well, mm-hmm. and we got to we got to chat about that a little bit. Oh, one Robin's son. Never mind, it wasn't Robin's son that we were telling this to, but it was somebody else we were telling this to. One of Robin's dear friends that was that was back there, and we're we're speaking about it. And uh, we got to explain what all what all had happened there. With the, and it was uh, a, a fun a fun bit. Boy, oh boy, security guard. Oh man, yeah, figure it out, dude. Tactless security. Well, I do need a chair. I do need a chair. <laughs> it was just great. Well, you don't know is that Robin Leach fucked that guy's wife. He knew exactly what he was doing. Zing. Yep. Um, that is ridiculous. It was and so also, great. like, it's also like such a funny thing. I'm like, you know, the gestures. To make something sacred, you know? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, that guy just, like, he saw a chair at a table. Yeah. You know, like, he didn't know. It Robin would have wanted it. He didn't think about, like, <laughs> what about this bright light? It's just this beam of light is focused on this table. <laughs> Who left this hat here? <laughs> Should this hat be out here? Do I need to put this away? What, this I can, is, I can uh, throw this away. This hat could be a security issue. <laughs> Somebody could hide a bomb in his hat. When can we have the celebration of Robin Leach's life where people get together and honestly tell stories about him, the ones that we really want to hear that no one told of these things? That happened a little bit at this I'll point. Be, I'll, be, I'll bet you got some, yeah. Having you know, the gazillionaire host this event. Yeah, that's going to open I love it up that. to some. It was great. Because um, also I knew from the working on the roasts when they did those celebrity roasts here yeah. in town that Robin loved them. And love participating and love writing. I believe that Robin. I, I don't know that Robin asked for the gazillionaire to do this. Yeah, but I know his family did, and uh, his family and close friends absolutely loved it. Loved the gazillionaire being there, yeah. and loved him being, you know, absolutely inappropriate for right. uh, for a, uh, this type of environment. Yeah, and that's what they wanted. About fifty percent, fifty to sixty percent of the audience that was there was not ready. on board. No, I know it's uh, that's so hard. And it was wonderful. Because it, no one is better than Vokey at playing to an audience that doesn't necessarily love him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just enjoying that space. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. I loved his uh, interview with us, by the way. Yeah, he was. I, I loved it. It was a lot of fun. You know what's, uh, what's fascinating to me, and, I, and I, should I ever achieve any level of fame, I would, I would probably try Please to do something like Please this. Please don't. Please don't. Get a giraffe, but I don't know, some, dissect uh, them. Some other Vegas local people. You guys may be aware of uh, Lonnie Hamilgren. He is a local celebrity in his own right, sort of a uh, a raconteur, and uh, he's a he's a brain surgeon. He had a huge collection of oddities and weird stuff. He had to sell most of his memorabilia. But oh he yeah, used this to, guy. I know he he's used talking to about. Open his home to everybody in Vegas on Basically, this crazy museum, Nevada Day. Yeah, wild museum. His own personal museum, yeah. but, he, but he'd open it up for public tours right. once a year. He, I believe, has the most had, hated man by his neighbors. I, I think he has had two, if I'm not mistaken, pre-wakes for himself, oh. which basically ensures that you'll live forever. Oh my god! But you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. He's 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 up there in age. Yeah, and he's gone ahead, and I, I I'm, I'm I know he's had at least one. I think he's had two sort of two is hilarious. One self- is yeah. One is amazing, but two. I think he's done two, where it's just a celebration of the life, and inviting all his friends, and and sort of having those, yeah, in, in real time eulogies. I think it's it's a bummer to me the, that the, Robin wasn't able to be at that or organize something like that. 
Yeah, because he he's the quite, he, he has the personality that everyone would guiltlessly do that. Right. right? Like, because philosophically. Just like you're saying, he's down for those those roasts. He knows where it's all coming from. The idea of, like, you know what? You don't get to hear your own eulogy. Let's have a celebration of your life when you're towards the end of it. Let's, let's let you hear these amazing things is a wonderful thing on paper to say. Yes. <laughs> and then That's the exactly idea, it. The execution, execution is, is tricky. Oh. Razor, razor wire <laughs> tightrope. It's a bit tricky. Razor wire tightrope. Unless so that, to... unless that person yeah. is down. Yeah. If that I mean that's really where it lies. And, a... I mean there's a little bit on a little bit of consideration for the family too. Yeah. But really it comes down to and I think Robin would have been an excellent example. Yeah. That you have a larger just, life personality. And just ready to roll with the punches. Yeah. Laugh at yourself. Take it all with a grain of salt. And yeah. Just, and just enjoy the evening for what it is, uh, good or bad. Well, I mean, he yeah. was someone that all you had to do was look at his guest appearances on different things. I mean, how many times over the years did he spoof himself? Right. I mean, oh, how yeah, many times yeah. did he spoof lifestyles, lifestyles of the Rich and Famous? But then you have moments things. like the yeah. Chevy Chase roast where everything just gets dark. Oh, yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh, God, I'm hated. And it's like, yeah, dude. <laughs> you sure are. You are. <laughs> and also, like, <laughs> he's just not ready for it because he's not. A good dude. Yeah. Like it's, most people don't like to give themselves a lot of credit. And right. certainly don't like to, you know, the sometimes the hardest thing for 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 most people is taking a compliment at all. Yeah. No. I'm bad at it. So to sit around for a night and to hear these these things, right. after a while you'd be like, Oh, all right, all right, sh- shut up. Yeah. <laughs> like, fine. I know what you did. You know what I did. We don't need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know. I had the most amazing thing when I turned thirty. Yeah, my friends, my super yum yum two crew, yeah. and a bunch of other pals. They had a bug party. They did a roast for me. They yeah, did a, they did a they did a thirtieth birthday roast, and it was amazing. And my wife was there before we were even dating. Yeah, I think I mentioned this before, but it was basically a big Paul infomercial. And she was like, and she was hooked. And she was like, who can I have the illusion of companionship <laughs> yes. with? And she's like, for this the rest is the man of my I want. Days. This is the man I want to. This, this have the, the illusion of companionship with. <laughs> He's the, the one. This is the man I want to feel a cool, comfortable distance with in the aisles of Walmart. It was not even cool, comfortable distance. No, I'm we're, joking. We're, that's the thing. Like, we're down. We we love the oh, hell out of each other. In truth, she's posting more pictures of you than ever before. <laughs> Every oh, day yeah. there's a nice she, little picture of Paul. She it's loves, upsetting. She loves her Instagram. <laughs> she She's like, did you like the picture on Insta? Uh, like, oh. So, Scoops, if you're not... you holding the sword or whatever. It's a painting of a sword or oh, something. Oh, that's from years ago. Yeah, that's a funny really one. funny. I like that one. That's, that's from one. years ago when... Her dad was visiting, and we went to see Tournament of Kings. Yeah, I yeah. was really wondering why the two of you were in Excalibur. It's we went to see Tournament of Kings, and uh, that was that that mural was out there, and so I did a silly picture. I blocked out. I stood. I got just in the right position yep. where I my body was blocking out the the Lady of the Lake handing oh. uh, Excalibur over to the to Arthur. Speaking of Tournament of Kings, real quick business uh, for people who are coming to the VIP night for Scoop Fest on October the eleventh. Uh, the show starts at eight thirty. We'll be outside at eight. We'll have the tickets. Uh, don't worry about going to the box office or anything. Uh, we'll we'll just be there and we'll meet you outside and we'll do it that way. There you go. And now it's time to do some scoop mail. Oh shit! Physical scoop mail. Physical scoop mail. Zippity doo. We got mail in a box. I love it. Still do. I got a letter here. It's a tiny letter, a little postcard letter. The uh, it's addressed to our office. The return address also from our office. The tiny envelope. Sealed with uh, an episode 64 sticker, Don't Drag a, uh, don't drag Race a Cop Brother sticker. Yeah. 
I open it up. There's a note that says, Matt, you will need this for your next Black Ops mission. Love, the CIA. And it is a CIA challenge coin. Wow. Is it a challenge coin or a poker chip? Oh, poker chip. A CIA yeah. poker chip. <laughs> but that's probably a challenge coin, too. I'm sure it could work as one. This is very funny. That's yeah. Cool. This is very funny. I actually, um, you know, we put, the, we put the votes up for... Um, uh, uh, Movies with Mikey? No, no, no. I'm sorry. Uh, Hillbill, right? The, the, okay, Hillbill, yes. the Hillbill Patreon, Apricot Patreon, where people vote on my next trick, right? Right. And so for fun, I because people with different tiers get a different amount of votes, and they can allocate those amount of votes for more than one trick if they want, right? Ah, okay. So some people had like, if they're on the, if they're on the you know, $90 level, had like 100 votes, and they put like 50 to this, 20 to that, 30 to that. And so the only way to tally them is I had to make a, a scratch sheet Digitally, I didn't have a pen and paper nearby, so on my calculator, I wrote, like, next to each one, one. So I had a bunch of random... I had three tricks written down with a bunch of random numbers written next to them. <laughs> and I posted it for fun on the Hillville um, uh, uh, Twitter page, and uh, and everyone was like, up, oh, CIA bets at it again. Ah! <laughs> I was like, this is about Israel. Yep. And I was like, I love that the joke's not going away. No. I think it's really funny. You are a Fabian socialist for life. Uh, P.S. T-shirt cannon won by a country mile. Nice. Uh, which I'll be working on for Scoop Fest. Nice. And then, uh, and you should know that in, uh, it's episode one, but it's actually our third episode. Uh, because it's episode one because we got Ready Rich to finally do sound for it. And as soon as I'm not in charge of audio, it's an official episode. Yep. <laughs> and uh, we we get into it. So the end of the podcast is straight up. We, you know, if you want to know. Abracababble, you're yeah, talking about. Abracababble.com or patreon.com slash hillbill. Um, RJ and I straight up debate and Ready Rich mediates a debate on how we think this trick should be done. Nice. And we really actually like... You go, dig into it. Yeah, we dig in. It's, it's not funny, but it's interesting. It's magic talk. It's magic talk. Yeah. Magic yeah. talk. So uh, thank you to everybody who's backing me on that. I appreciate it. Uh, we have uh, we have a little card here from our, our good friends, Christine and Brock. Use these pins to sign the lease on your new churn. Good luck with your new, uh, with your new studio search, Christine and Brock. Um, so we're a little late getting to this one. But uh, they sent us three pins, and they're ice cream cones. Oh, those are awesome. Yep, so we got some ice cream cone pins here. Thank yeah. you, Christine and Brock. We'll sign the, uh, the lease renewal with those. That's so cool. Thank you, guys. You're the uh, best. We got something here from, uh, who's this from? This is from Voodoo Chili, I think. Yeah, yeah. This All is right. From, this is from Voodoo Chili. Um, I want to say I'm a long-time listener, but I haven't. Um, what I have been is a long-time downloader and recent listener. Got it. Oh, there we go. I want to say that I'm a long-time listener, but I haven't. I've been a long-time downloader and a recent listener. I'm catching up. I got through the first 220 episodes between July and August of 2018, I, so only insane. 320 left, that's or only insane. 300 left, uh, at which point I will be sad. These last two months of work have been amazing listening to you guys all day. I have contributed to the Obelisk scheme. The Having a Ball in Arkansas episode was all I have uh, had to have him listen to to get him hooked. Thank nice. you very much. Uh, so what you have here is the bacon hot sauce line from my friend's company, Voodoo Chili Sauce, Sauces and Salsa. Whoa. So uh, let's see. We have uh, we got some stickers there, and we have a whole box of, of chili sauce here. So we've got bacon taco, which is a medium taco Tuesday in a bottle. Ooh. We've got here over the line, which is a medium insanely smoky chipotle sauce. Oh, that sounds Good to me. Uh, let's see. We've got Bloodline, Blood Orange Ale. Uh, that is, where is that? What is this? Oh, that might just be an extra one here. 
I'll have to find that one later. Right. Uh, there's there's Bacon Extreme. Uh, that is uh, hot. It's almost like a mole-style salsa with a gentle bacony finish. Okay. Uh, let's see. We have Porcus, the original gourmet bacon hot sauce. We have Bacon Me Crazy. Uh, that's Wham Bam Spice and Ham. Uh, we have Death at Cthulhu, uh, which is awesome. It has a picture of Cthulhu on the bottle there. And uh, we have Voodoo Chili uh, Pearl Necklace Chesapeake Stout. Good chili Lord. sauce. We have two, four, six, eight bottles of hot, hot sauce, sauce there. Uh, occasionally, yeah. yeah I want yeah. the Chipotle one. And we also have some Thai dry sriracha inspired spice blend. Whoa. Uh, a little, little spice mix here. Ann is a much more of a hot sauce person than me. It was after Cray Ray. I didn't, it wasn't before I was not a spice person at all. I hated spicy foods. Yeah. Uh, really? Because it just had an instant acidic uh, heartburn reaction with me. Ah, okay. Until you got off the horrible stuff that accompanies it usually. I, yeah. That's I, it. So I, but eating, it's, it's dumb. Just greens and fiber. You don't have that reaction, and then all of a sudden, then also you take away the meat and the salt. So all of a sudden, you want anything else, and so spice becomes a huge. And it doesn't come back to fight you. No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I've I've improved my diet greatly. It's yeah. still not perfect. No, no, no. But and you know, you know me, I'm not. But I don't have diddly squat for heartburn my, my, anymore. I no longer have any. Uh, uh, I no longer have a perfect diet by any means. But I have, my hot sauce penchant has hasn't gone away. Gone away. Good. Yeah. Right. So like I like hot sauce. Oh, nice. Uh, also, your hot. Your your. I'm also forty, and your your taste your goes taste away. Do change. <laughs> so you like spicy yes, stuff as you get older. Yes, it does change. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I have. Uh, I don't buy a thing of Tums every time I go to the grocery store. Oh, in that's, fact, uh, that's healthy. I've got one that's been lasting me for like months now. So, yeah, it's good. And I, I, I fucked up his name. That's not Voodoo Chili Scoop. Uh, that is six scoops of bacon. Oh, geez. Does he work for Voodoo Chili or no? Uh, he, he likes Voodoo Chili, and apparently Voodoo Chili, the, the sauces that I didn't have explanations for on here, those are sauces that Voodoo Chili uh, threw in for us. Six scoops of bacon? Is that what you said? Six scoops of bacon. Like six, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. bacon. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll tell you what's interesting uh, to me only. No, is... Uh, when I was... Are you going to the bathroom again? No. It's the pillow. I'm telling you, it's the pillow pushing on your kidneys. It probably is. Um, uh, uh, are you just going over to look at the sauces? Oh, he's getting a pin. It's a pin. What are you... At least it's not balls to squeeze. Um, so, uh, Death Sauce was the company that I worked with at Blair, oh, Blair yeah. Lazar. And uh, his number one competitor was Voodoo Chili at the time. Okay. So, like, I had, like, a... I, had like a, I bristled when I first heard Voodoo Chili. Because I was ah. like, no way, man. But... Uh, Again, of the things I need to grow and, and learn from, that was maybe uh, over twenty years ago, and I'm sure he's. I'm sure everyone's fine. I'm sure everyone's yeah. totally okay. Um, Paul, did you get mail? I did. All right. Tell Moving us. on. I was gifted. <laughs> <laughs> sure did. Uh, Brendan Light was kind enough to send me a huge box filled to bursting with old school comic books. And they are some old school comic books. And uh, not the least of which, I got an issue number two in here of Peter Porker, The Amazing Spider-Ham. You got some Robotech in here, a science fair one. There's a bunch of ALF in here. Amazing. Just, these, are, these books are incredible. Got some turtles, got some real Ghostbusters. I believe these will be shared around during Scoop Fest, no doubt. Oh, yeah, maybe have those around in the game room. I will have these around in the game room during Scoop Fest, except probably not the Peter Porker issue. Probably got a space for that one back home. 
Because <laughs> it's number Jeez. two. It's Peter Porker number two. Matt, uh, one to ten level of surprise? Uh, zero. There you go. Yeah. Can you tell who is on the cover there with Peter Porker, Matt? Or Jacob, either one. You see who that is? I think that's Birdman. That's, in fact, Birdman. Exactly it right. Birdman. <laughs> no, it's, it's a pig that is uh, the, uh, the Peter Porker universe version of the vulture. Oh, hilarious. Which I don't know what his Known name is. Known as Birdman. I'm sure it's some kind of crazy pun on vulture and pig, but I don't know what it is. Oh, well, there you go. I should look that, look into that. But I bet it's in you, that book right there. Brandon, thank you so much, man. These are freaking cool. I really appreciate it. I, I love comic books so much. I forget sometimes, and I start reading them again. Holy crap, I gotta tell you guys, right now. Okay. Paul's Recommendation Corner. Breaking news. There's a book out there. Uh, I talked um, a couple weeks ago about Evan Dorkin. Uh-huh. And his newest collection of all his dork comic books and the Milk and Cheese comics compilations. Yeah. And the Eltingville stuff, and it's out there, and you can go buy those. All of his stuff is fantastic. He has a brand new project that he's been working on. I just got the first trade. It's called um, Beasts of Burden. Mm-hmm. First trade is called Animal Rights. And it's this fantastic blend of pets, dogs and cats, mm-hmm. uh-huh, and the supernatural. So it's this gang of pets who hang out in this neighborhood. And this neighborhood is plagued with crazy supernatural events they have zombies they have ghosts they have all this they have witches yeah all this crazy shit and this ragtag band of of mutts yeah have to work together to to fix it (laughs) and it's dark yeah and there's one uh, some poignant sad stuff if you're an animal lover you'll love him yeah if you're into the supernatural, it's a good fun scare. Some of the stuff is is, is good creepy fun for like uh, uh, younger readers could even really get into it. It reminds me a little bit of uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some great, just really good stuff. But I can't recommend it highly enough. I've been thoroughly entertained. Uh, it, I put it right up there with Saga, uh-huh. with my favorite books of, that are being currently put out there right now. Beasts of Burden. Um, do check it out. Evan Dorgan's latest work. It's fantastic. All right. On that note, it's time to go get into a little Jock versus Nerd. Presented by Chili's. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Chili's be sponsored. It's his time. Time for Jock versus. Explosion. And today we got a little scoopery. Who is this from? Today this comes from my god, what have I coned? <laughs> I love that scoop. Such a good one. Good scoop name. Uh, let's see. The categories today are Treehouse of Horror, Books, Horry Popery, and Scary Colors. Horry or Horry? I think it's Horry. <laughs> Hori potpourri. Hori potpourri. Slutty potpourri. <laughs> it's the only kind I like. And Matt, you're up first. What do you want? The hori oh. potpourri is what's used at uh, Yeti and Andretti's uh, confetti and spaghetti. <laughs> we'll take scary colors for 200, please. All right, let's see here. The monster's skin. Oh, uh, white? I think it's green. 
It is green. Oh, it's green. I was thinking of black and white. I overthought it. Oh, yeah. I overthought that one. Grandpa, what color is our skin? Paul, what do you want? I'm going to go Treehouse of Horror for 200. Let's see here. Sirac the Preparer used this dusty book to cook for the Simpsons. How to cook for 40 humans. How to cook for 40 humans Wow, exactly right. It's a Simpsons question, dude. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because the gag is uh, Lisa finds the book, and she goes, look, they're trying to eat us. And it's like how to cook. How to cook humans. And then they blow the the thing off, and it says how to cook four humans. (laughs) And then they blow it again. It says how to cook 40 humans. And it's how to cook four 40 humans. It's just too much. (laughs) I'm going to go with... great. It's very funny. I'm going to go with books for 200. Goosebumps was written by this guy. I have no idea. Pass, Matt. Come on. I I don't know. For reals? I'll pass also. R.L. Stein. Oh, yeah. There you go, R.L. Stein. Nailed it, Paul. For real. Uh, Matt, what do you want? Real, real. I'll take uh, Horori Porpori. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading a book by Horori right now. Yeah. Yeah. Sapiens. Cookies and Scream is a Halloween flavor of this classic candy. Uh, candy corn? That seems right. M&M's. Man, I'm not getting any of this, huh? No. All yeah, right. You're, you're not good at this. Uh, let's see. Uh, Paul, your turn. Treehouse of Horror. For 400. No TV and beer make Homer something something. Bart needs to use this non-copyright infringing power to call for help from Willie. No TV and Anything? no beer. Make home or Make something. Home or so. yeah. something. Uh, uh, I'm going to pass. Uh, passes to me. It's uh, no TV and no beer. Make Homer something something. I think it's that. I think it's something something. I think he does say something something. But I mean, I don't know that that's. Um, I mean, is it? I don't know. I pass. Matt? Pass. I yeah, know. let's see. Uh, oh, The Shinning. The Shinning. Oh, that's Instead funny. The Shining. Yeah. Got it, got it, got yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. Uh, let's see. It is my turn. I'll go Scary Colors for 400. That's the Daily Double! <laughs> I can wager up to 400, and that's what I'm doing. What happened? It just went away. Oh, uh, another Halloween disappearance. Oh! I, hope, I hope that was scary enough for you. I'm scared. Uh, let's see. It's uh, Matt's turn. <laughs> Matt, what do you want? <laughs> this is a way to make the game faster. Yeah. I'll take scary colors for 600. <laughs> let's see if this question just disappears, too. Uh, Lydia Dietz's wedding dress. Uh, red. Red, yes. What is that? That's, That's um, Beetlejuice. Uh, oh, nice. Good job. Paul, your turn. 600, please, for Treehouse of Horror. Don't blame Homer. He voted for this alien presidential candidate. I remember oh. this episode. Uh, Boy, do I not remember that name, though. Kang. Kodos. Kodos. It Kang, was one of the Kang two. Kang was the other one, yeah. It was one of the two. Shit. Yep. <laughs> I remember him saying, he was like, don't blame me. I voted for Kodos when they were all like the, the <laughs> <Right>. slaves and <laughs> yeah. the, the chain gang as, uh, as the slaves. Yep. That's so silly. I'll go Scary Colors for 800. That's the other Daily Double. <laughs> Let's see if this one just disappears as well. It'd be hilarious if it does. It does. It does. Oh, Hooray. man. This is the best strategy we've ever had. <laughs> I mean, that's truly, we're truly terrified. <laughs> so I got two Daily Doubles right. I've come to take away your Daily Double. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Matt, your turn. 
I will take um, uh, Harari Patpari for 400, please. <laughs> Harari Patpari. Linus thinks he sees the great pumpkin rise from the pumpkin patch. It's really this character. Oh, shit. I don't think so. It's a piece of shit. A giant piece of shit. <laughs> Mr. Hanky. Howdy ho! I'm a great pumpkin. Uh, I think it's... <laughs> That'd be the I, great blumpkin. I'm, Ooh. I'm, I'm gonna pa- I think it's stupid, Every blumpkin is a great blumpkin. <laughs> I'm passing. Uh, let's see. That passes to Paul. Uh, I want to say it's Woodstock. Let's see here. Is it Woodstock? No, it's uh, Snoopy. Oh, I was right. I should have guessed. Mm. Yep. But at least you didn't lose points like Paul did. did. That's true. Uh, let's see. Paul, it's your turn, though. You can make up for it Treehouse right now. Treehouse of Horror for 800, please. I hope it's another Daily Devil. <laughs> this is why Hugo was locked in the attic. Oh, shit. It's um, a deep cut. It's Bart's fucked up twin. I can't remember what he did. Uh, it passes to me. Are you passing? Yeah. Okay, it passes to me. I'm passing. Matt. I have no idea. Yeah, let's see here. Oh, he's Bart's evil twin. Oh, pfft. There you go. <laughs> That's why? That's why he was like, yes, that was it. Well, I mean, and then, then the gag, of course, being like uh, the thing with um, Bender and Flexo. It's like, who's actually the evil twin? Oh, yeah. Flexo has the little pointy beard, but he's actually the nicer, kinder. He's the, he's he's the, the good, good twin. He's the good twin, it yep. turns out. Bender's the asshole. Uh, let's see. I'll go uh, books for nah. 400. Jill Murphy wrote this series of books about a girl who goes to a school for witches. She's the worst. I believe that's called the worst witch. The worst witch. Congratulations. How did you pick up? How did you get that clue? Yeah, I don't know. You got it. More clues. Uh, Matt, what do you want? I will take uh, Hari Perspari and Campari and Soda for 600. This recent safer and lazier version of trick-or-treating involves receiving candy from the trunks of cars in a parking lot. Uh, what is a badunka dunk in that trunk a trunk? Oh, come on! You know this, don't you? You're a, you're a dad. I know, I know, but I don't know this one. The oh. kids haven't started trick or treating yet. No, I guess. That's they, no, no, no. We have a neighborhood where we trick or right, treat. Right? Yeah, we, they don't do this. We, oh, we're yeah. traditional. We do traditional trick or treating. Right. right. P.S. Uh, my Chad. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Alpha Alpha Extraordinaire. Yep. Alpha male of the neighborhood. They surprised us by decorating our our yard for Halloween. Aww. Adorable. Yeah. So, like, because really we share, sweet. like, one part that adjoins, so that, yeah. that became one area, and then they actually went, like, and thought it was hilarious, and they, their whole family decorated our entire house. I mean, they're right. Adorable. It's really... That is the best prank ever. It is really great. Yeah. I was, like, smiling ear to ear, and that I caught up, and they were finishing, and ah, I, was, nice to I thought I wasn't coming home until the next good day. neighbors. Nice. It was awesome. It really made me feel yeah, like I live great. in, like, a, a nice, like, made me feel real neighborly. Yeah. I never. I just burned it, but I uh, I just burned it all off. But um, it was nice. So regular trick or treating is called what, Matt? Uh, trick or treating. And and then this one is from what? Parking lot. Nope. Don't give him the points trunk. on this. Don't the give trunk. Don't give points on this. Trunk and trail, trail and trunk. Get him out of here. Oh. Get, get out of here. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> Paul, what is it? It's trunk or treat. Trunk or treat. Yep. Yeah. There you go. But Dunker Dunker Treat. I mean, yeah, but Dunker Dunker Treat. Matt's name is better. But Dunker Treat would be we, better. We can all agree that Matt's yeah. name is better. Mm-hmm. Trick or Trunk and the Badunker Dunk. I That's where that. you go around and everyone just falls asleep face down but leaves candy in their ass. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> face <laughs> down, <laughs> ass up. That's the way I trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, what do you think? Trick or treat. Smell my ass. Put some candy in my ass. Um, I'll do the uh, Papari for 800. 
This image of a skeleton wearing a fancy hat is an icon of Dia de los Muertes. Uh, that is, uh, what is Baron Smadi? Oh, uh, no. Not even close. La Calvera Catrina. Okay. I'm sure I pronounced that perfectly. I guess I got the wrong... La Calavera? Uh, the wrong thing connected yeah. there. Aloe Vera Katrina. Hmm? Oh, let's yep. see. I'm going books for 600. Ray Bradbury wrote this book involving a tree adorned with soul-filled jack-lanterns. I recognize the name Ray Bradbury. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like I should get points for that. Uh, instead, I'm passing to Matt. Uh, what is the book that isn't in Fahrenheit 451? Do I get credit for that? I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I think you could have credit for that. <laughs> Pass. Pass. Let's see here. That is The Halloween Tree. Whoa. Anybody ever hear of that book? Nope. No, and I wrote it. Hi, everybody. Ray Bradbury. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Matt, closing out the game with books. Books. For 800. What's the score? Oh, okay. Uh, 200 to 1600 to negative 800. Well, you can I? Wow, Jacob's really run away with this one. Uh, this book, illustrated by Edward Gorey and uh, recently adapted into a movie, is about a house with a clock in its walls. Oh, is this the, the one, the Jack Black one? Mm-hmm. I think so, yeah. What's it called? The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Definitely not The Sorcerer's Apprentice. I think that's what I saw with Mickey Mouse in <laughs> at, his, at, the, at the park. Right. I forget the name. At least I knew Jack Black was in it. Yeah, I'll, pass. Ta- I'll take it. Go ahead, Ball. It is the house with a clock in its wall. I believe that is exactly <laughs> what it is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I believe that just leapt Paul into... No, that he keeps him in third place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt's in second place. Uh, it's Paul in third place with zero. Matt in second place with, neg- or with 200. And Jacob with a commanding win with 1,600. Not at all prompted by the two free daily doubles that he got during that game. <laughs> oh, did they give you the points for they it? They gave you the points for it. Oh, that's... that's, that's... <laughs> That's bad. I mean, I still won, but yeah, that was that's that's a big chunk of those. Or points. did you? Yes. But did you? Yes. Or or did mm-hmm. did you though? Yes. Hey, I want to thank Penjala for creating this podcast. Thanks, Ben. Uh, I want to thank uh, my guy, what of I Cone, for writing that scoop. Absolutely, it was a, it was a good one. It's a good one. Fantastic. Uh, I want to thank Three Scoops a Lady for being uh, Three Scoops Awesome. Three I scoops would like. Awesome. I'd like to thank Matt Scoop of Fail, who is going this year. As a ghost. I want to thank Lucas Richard, who will be dressing up as Luke Picard. I'd like to thank Mela Strimple, who's decided to go in the disguise of a water bottle. I want to thank M. Brown, who's going this year as N. Black. I'd like to thank Melissa Archega, who is disguising herself as a grocery cart. Mrs. Johnny Australia, who'll be going out at Halloween this year as Mr. Ned New Zealand. Melissa Carrillo, this year... Dressing up as a tire. Marcus Robinson, uh, who had to buy crazy shoes for this one, but he's going as Shaquille O'Neal. Cam Girl Scoop. This year she's going as a vampire squirrel. Uh, Mark Leash, also vampire squirrel. Michael Calder, he's dressing up as Michael Calderon. Mark Miller (laughs) is uh, going as a shitty light beer. King Scoop. Dressing up as a queen. Arthur Two Scoops Jackson going as a uh, a, a sexy version of uh, Handmaid's Tale. Michael Ellsroth going this year as professional basketball player Muggsy Bogues. Uh, Matt Burdick going as uh, this year's uh, engineering uh, award winner somebody. Scooperman this year disguised as Green Lantern. 
uh, Matt uh, Glowacki as just a lantern. Michael Shaw, he is dressing up as Babushka. Matt McKenzie dressing up as the Shaw. The Dark Overscoop going as Batman. Uh, Not Scary Scoop going as a rotten apple. Mike Helm dressed up as the port. Spotlight Scoop going as a 7-Eleven uh, register attendant who actually isn't doing three different things before they can just ring you up for a goddamn coffee. Oh, scary. Very. Mike Six. <gasps> He's dressed up as a friendly doctor. Spotlight Scoop going as a reporter who tears open the child sex molestation ring uh, being hidden within Boston's Catholic Church. Mike Smith dressed up as a wizard comprised entirely of beetles. D20 Scoop going as C19 Scoop. Mike Wentz, he is going as a, a, a big old turkey baster. Matthew Penny going as a haunted hay penny. If you haven't got a whole penny, a hay penny will do. Whoa. And I'd like to Hold think- on. Oh. Matthew Schlosser going as the mayor of Chicago. And I'd like to think we all scream for Mark McLean, Proto Scoop, Matt Addy Ambler, Matt Storm, Matt Zowacki, Max the Ginger Scoop, Michael Hotchkiss, Stay Puffed Marshmallow Scoop, Michael Tortorvik, Mijo Wilson, Minty Scoop, ML Kennedy, and Nate Morrison. Thank you guys. Thank you guys so much. Hey, if you want to be thanked on air uh, or get uh, access to our secret RSS feed or our audio vault or all kinds of other cool stuff that we offer, like our sticker club or one of a kind artwork from Ace Munns. Uh, numbered and autographed and all that, uh, and the co- cool collector stuff like that, go to preachingfun.com, preachingfun.com. That'll redirect you to our Patreon page. And for as little as a dollar, you help us keep the lights on and the electricity going from this little studio that we just moved into that we're really psyched about. Uh, we'll soon be relaunching the Bucket Show That's uh, right. on Twitch as well. Um, but uh, get over there and help us out. Uh, if you've been a long-time listener, just a, just a dollar would help us out tremendously. Go to preachingfun.com and back us on our Patreon page. We'd really appreciate it. Um, if you are already a listener, please be a subscriber. If you're a subscriber and you want to help us out another way, you can also just turn someone onto our podcast, find someone who's a podcast listener, and see if you, they can, uh, want to give us a little test to and see if we can make their rotation. We'd really appreciate that as well. I want to thank... Uh, all of you for being a listener. I want to thank the people who are in our audio mafia, our visual mafia, and all the people who participate in social media. We're at Hay Scoops on every platform where you can keep conversations going with not only us, but other fantastic listeners because we have the best listeners in all of podcasting. In fact. So get on uh, at Hay Scoops uh, everywhere and check that out as well. Um, follow Paul on Twitter at the famous Paul. You can follow Matt at Sweet Matty D. You can follow Jacob at Audio Guy Jacob on Twitter. And you can follow all of us at a Hay Scoops on every social media platform. All right, thank you all so much. We will see you soon. We'll see you soon. Thank you, Mikey Newman. Thank you so much, guys. Don't forget to go check out Movies with Mikey at Filmjoy on YouTube and anywhere you find wonderful YouTube content, mostly on YouTube. Also, if you've ever heard Mikey host his question and answers with uh, the gang from Night Attack, hilarious shit. There you go. And now it's time for them drums.
Peter Hens would like a limerick about dedications dedicated to topics. <laughs> dedications? Right. Dedications. A hundred uh, limericks. Oh. A hundred eighty. No. <laughs> um, on the radio, I'd hear dedication calls. Um, hear my name by a DJ enthralls. Uh, could it be from the girl who could possibly rock my world? No, it's my brother dedicating this song to my balls. Whoa, how did he know the name? I like, I like. <laughs> I like girls. I want to chase them. I'll never abuse or debase them. But I can't seem to say what I want to this day because I can't dedicate with Casey Kasem. <laughs> Walter Scoopjack would like a limerick about the fucking Catalina wine mixer. Oh. Dedicated to my coworkers four weeks to go, kids. Fucking Catalina wine mixer, man. You better get them helicopters right. Rent that shit. Make it out of sight. Prestige Worldwide is the the company that'll provide a Catalina wine mixer that's out of sight. <laughs> Frozen 49 Scoop would like a limerick about corporate assholes who fired the THC Scoop. They took our unicorn away from Scoop Fest. Dedicated to THC Scoop. We love you and we'll miss you at Scoop Fest. Mm-hmm. Corporate assholes. There's a certain kind running the world. Corporate assholes, boys and girls. They have money to spare and no morals or care when they throw your job away to the world. Yeah! I nailed it! <laughs> anyway, I said world again. No! Yeah, boom! Boom! Terrible. Knocking out limericks Garb- left and right. Garbage. Ice Blue Scoop would like a limerick Garbage. about cozy hats and scarves dedicated to scoops who can't get their asshole co-workers to cover shifts so you can attend Scoop Fest. Oh, yeah. Man. Flip them. Yeah, you heard us. Flip, flip them. Flip, flip them. Flip them. Now them I gotta checks. put the explicit tag on this podcast. Ah. Flip them in the, in, the na- in the sack. Wait, who is it? It's Ice Blue Scoop. She's asking for the cozy uh, hats and scarves. Cozy hats and scarves, yeah. And a limerick. Yes. When the winter chill comes a calling, I'll need a, a hat for my head. <laughs> <laughs> Keep me warm and cozy. For the I, world! When I, when not warm. World, 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 world. <laughs> Oh, I had something about free balling, but it all fell apart. No way. That world was the best limit I ever heard. Yeah, world is better. I'm going to put that on a scroll on my wall. My comfy hat sits on my head. I'll wear it until I am dead. These fucking co-workers are shitty job shirkers, and they wouldn't let me get loose instead. And Frankie Tiki Scoop would like a limerick about the joys of having Ann McFeeders join us in all of our scoop nonsense. Dedicated to the lovely ladies of the churn. Mm-hmm. Oh. She'll be there with her scoop hat. Uh, with Jacob and Paul and Matt. This is a good end, well. That's Ann McFeeders. Spelled McFeeders. She doesn't sound like that. <laughs> uh, hold on. 
You know she could go if she could. Um, And I'd join her. You know what I would. Uh, There's no greater theater than being joined by McFeeders. McFeeders, you fucked me good. (laughs) It's time to do a little triple threat. Quality. Three scoops a lady would like a triple threat about all these ball and ICS stickers dedicated to Martin, who has his birthday this month. Happy Happy birthday, birthday, Martin. Martin. Happy birthday, Martin. We have had some great stickers lately. If you guys are not in the sticker club, get in that sticker club. Preachingfun.com. Get some cool-ass stickers. Yeah. Get them, get them, get them, them cuckoo stickers. Yeah, yo. 185 ball and ICS stickers walk into a bar. Bartender says... Oh, I'll serve you, because you guys are sexy. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call me the ballin' ICS sticker, because I'm appealing, and I'll stick to you. Yeah. <laughs> I like my women like I like my ICS stickers. They show up in the mail about once a month. Uh, which one do we have left? Mom. Your mom. What's the difference between your mom and ICS stickers? What's that? One... Uh, is plastered all over the top of my computer. Uh-huh. And the other's ICS stickers. Yeah. The Dog Over Scoop would like a triple threat on the topic of Becky Thatcher's snatch. Becky Thatcher's yeah. snatch. It's been a while. Dedicated to Cypress Hill for inspiring these lyrics <laughs> and to me for my continued journey through the past ICS catalog. That's right. That's, That's an that old school old pull. song. That old... <laughs> You thought it was Becky Thatcher Snatch, right? Yeah, I remember, well, yeah. Well, it was uh, it was Cypress Hill doing a rhyme yeah. about Becky Thatcher. Yeah, yeah, and her snatcher. <laughs> uh, is the triple threat about Becky Thatcher? Yep. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 185 Becky Thatchers walk in the bar, and the bartender says, "Boy, it sure is fun making all these drinks and uh, pouring beers for people all day." She's like, "Can I try that?" She tricked him like Tom Sawyer. <laughs> he tricked her. You know, like Tom Sawyer. I like my women. You guys uh, remember that? Like I like my yes. uh, Becky Thatcher's. Uh-huh. With snatches. Oh, zing. Zing, 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 zing. They call me Becky Thatcher. Because I got a snatcher. Uh, what's the between your mom and uh, Becky Thatcher? What? what? Uh, one is lyrics. Uh, from House of Pain, the other's just a House of Pain. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, your your mom's it hurts me. That's terrible. She brings, brings a House of Pain. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, Robert uh, would yeah. like a triple threat about the UPS guy dedicated to all the home shopping network loving shut-ins. All right. Uh, 185 UPS guys walk into the bar, and the bartender says, I'm sorry, we don't serve UPS guys. And the UPS guys say, we just need to make a delivery in your toilet. What? what? Oh. Yeah. 185 uh, UPS guys walk in the bar, and it, it was hot. It's a hot. It's yeah, a hot, hot day. day. And they're there, all of them with their fucking tight little brown shorts on, and like the fucking bulge hanging out. And they're just like, oh yeah, I worked so hard today. I delivered so many packages. What, what am I supposed to be doing? Right oh now? boy, Here I don't go. know. I, I lost track. <laughs> What's the difference between? Uh, UPS guys and your mom. What was that? Not much. They can both teach you what Brown can do for you. <laughs> Smitty Scoop would like a triple threat about Scientologist. Middle too. That's all right. Would like a triple threat about Scientologist. Okay. Dedicated Let's to the new it. churn. Uh, may you be visited by missionaries while recording an episode of ICS. Right. 
Okay. Uh, so they call me the UPS guy. Yeah. Because I'm a lot like uh, Kevin, what's his head? Yeah. That guy from the Queen of Queens. See, we almost skipped that. That the was queen, a good one. The Queen of Queens. The Queen of Queens. <laughs> and, I like uh, my women. There you go. Like, I, I like, like my UPS guys. Uh-huh. With a package. Surprise! Transgender evening. All right. <laughs> Scientologists for Smitty Scoop. 185 Scientologists walk into the bar, and the bartender says, Your Thetans are off the chart. Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I like my women like I like my Scientologists, desperately seeking acting roles in Los Angeles. They call me the Scientologist because I will trick you into revealing all of your life secrets while I hook you up to an e-meter. I'm essentially just a Scientologist, and that's why they call me a Scientologist. <laughs> they are factually accurate. Yeah, it's not the, the reason they call me a Scientologist, because of my belief in and practice of Scientology. Uh, what, what's interesting your your mom in Scientology? What? One, once you're inside, it's very <laughs> difficult <laughs> <laughs> to get out in a safe way. And you might lose contact with your friends and family. <laughs> and the other is Scientology. What's the difference between your mom and Scientology? What? One has C org, and one has what can best be described as a grade C organ. <laughs> uh, King Scoop is going to try something a little different this month, okay. uh, assuming it's allowed. Uh, I'm going to pick a format. So no, I'm, I'm going to go with not allowed. Overruled. Oh, moving on. <laughs> Next, thank you. Assuming it's allowed. So I'm going to go power. with triple threat. Yes. I'm going to pick a format. Are you going to try to innovate this otherwise flawless system we have? You've, for... heard, you've heard the limericks today that rhyme every word with world. What else do you what? want? Well, are you not entertained? <laughs> Paul, what is the dedication for this triple threat? Uh, or what, sorry, what is the, for, uh, the, uh, the topic, rather? A stinky butt. A stinky butt. And Matt, dedicated to? Uh... All the pretty smelling butts out there. Yeah. All right. So Opposites attract. Triple threat, stinky butt. This is for King Scoop. Dedicated to the good smelling butts. Huh. <laughs> 185 stinky butts walking to the bar. And the oh, bartender's oh, like, whoa, who ordered egg salad? I like my women like I like my stinky butts with a little piece of poop just hanging off of them. Oh, they call me stinky butt because when I walk around, people think I make salad. <laughs> What's with your mom and the stinky butt? What? <laughs> Nothing, that ugly bitch. What's it with your mom and a stinky butt? What's that? Uh, one is occasionally good to have a sandwich of egg salad with, and the other one is your mom. <laughs> What's it with your mom and a stinky butt? What? One... Makes me a crack addict. <laughs> and the other's a sticky butt. I need your mom's crack. Oh, zing. Zing, zing, zing. I love butt sex with your mother. Phil Cassidy <laughs> would like Brown a song you? Uh, in the voice of Bruce Springsteen huh? about chickens. That's, that seems like a fair request. There you go. Oh, good music, I went 
about um, <laughs> being in Target and having a bathroom emergency to the tune of some Nine Inch Nails. Oh, jeez. That's uh, everything you hope for and more. <laughs> this is really good. The <laughs> Trent Rester. Let it all out of my butthole. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to that song a few times. Yeah, like that one I know. Off it. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got one here from 
you're starting it ahead. What's it? Starting ahead. Uh, let's see. Foreshadowing. Would like a song about Luigi's Mansion. Okay. I thought about saving that one for the last one because I thought that would be the uh, the strongest one. Glad I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I didn't He's realize right. that was just shots across the bow. Yeah. He's right. <laughs> There's uh, not a whole lot to say. Luigi's Mansion. Directed Professor a, E. Gad. Is it a haunted house? Directed yeah, a, he walks around a haunted house but sucking ghosts up in a vacuum. Oh, there you go. Uh, let's see. We got one here from Aaron. Uh, may I please have a song about when you try to impress your friends by improvising on cocktails, ice cream, butterscotch schnapps, and whiskey mixed in a blender has bad reviews and is less, it's slightly less pal- palatable than turpentine. Dedicated to the things that I try to ingest, and yet I still survive. I want to tell y'all a story about how I try to make a drink. I only had a few things left in the pantry, so it's kind of just random shit, whatever I could grab, put it in there. I went ahead and I grabbed me some ice cream, I grabbed me some bourbon, I grabbed me some other crap, I threw it all in the blender and I blended it all up. And so I served up this nasty drink. The guns are served it all to my friends. They was drinking this nasty drink. And they said, you know, I don't like this drink. I don't think this is very good at all. This is barely palatable. It tastes like turpentine. Matter of fact, this is worse than turpentine. Turpentine says turpentine on the side of it. This you gave it to me. <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I was about to drink. <laughs> and it just matter was the turpentine. Why'd you serve this to me? Lost a couple of good friends that day. But I tell you, ain't nothing ever come good in this world from not experimenting. So I felt justified in making my terrible, terrible drink. My drink is really, really bad. So I said, anybody else want to more this drink? 
and everybody said no. And I said, all right, then I'm going to have to finish this by myself. So I went ahead and grabbed the tallest glass I had, filled that glass all the way to the brim, turned that glass upside down as I swallowed it, swallowed it all the way down. And I've been damned if it didn't taste like turpentine. So I'm puking up all this nasty drink that I gave myself and drank all myself. And my friends are like, why'd you drink all that? And I'm like, I don't fucking know. I didn't want it to go to waste. He said, well, what the fuck is this? You're puking it up. That's going to waste. I said, yeah, you're right. You're right, you're right. And I said, huh, I guess I shouldn't have drank all that. Said, of course you shouldn't have drank all that. We told it tastes like turpentine, tastes like shit. You didn't drink any of it at first. Gave it all to us. As I know, I know it is a thing, though. It's a real gross drink that you just made out of nothing. If you put your mind to it, you can make something really terrible. So I was like, you know, that's right. I, I should do that. I should try and make, I should really try and make the worst drink that maybe it'll turn out good. I said, oh, yeah. I said, oh, yeah. And so here's what I did. And this song, the Phil Collins song. I went ahead and I got myself some real expensive liquor. I went and I got me some liquid smoke. Liquid smoke. I went and I got myself a big old bottle of hot sauce voodoo. Voodoo hot sauce. I got myself a small jar of chives. <laughs> Small jar. I went out there. That's a I got, Bought myself a box of maracina cherries. <laughs> huge jar of chives. I went and I bought myself some maple syrup. <laughs> got myself a box of Ritz crackers. Yeah. People paid to see this in concert. I went ahead. <laughs> Yes, Paul drinky, drank it all night. Three snacks. <laughs> this is like what a good idea going in the jukebox and then bad idea hearing it come out of the jukebox. Oh, I hate this song. <laughs> I just remember being in the bar. at the bars of strawberry woo-woo. <laughs> Someone's sitting there with two shots and a beer waiting for the pickup. It's like that's the best night of their lives at the bar. Was God all Forgetting this is the epic narrative tale. It's so dumb. So I went ahead and put all that stuff in the blender and I made it. It was really bad. More <laughs> good songs, George. What? Hold on now. Guys, we're at the halfway point of the song. Jesus. One good song. That's why I thought this drink thing would work. Because that song is all about being bad. Right. So I went ahead and made a bad drink, but it wasn't good. <laughs> oh, well. One bourbon, one scotch, one beer. <laughs> Make sure you come out to Scoop Fest on September 13th, 14th, and 15th. No, 12th, 13th, and 14th. Uh, on the yeah. night of the 14th, you'll hear Paul sing with the band where he will sing the best of George Thorogood. <laughs> it's going to be great. Just bad to the bone. Just bad to the bone over and over again. That's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> You guys ready for another one? <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm sending this one out to a very special lady. Ladies and gentlemen, I want y'all to know that before I started being a rock and roll musician, I was a paleontologist. That's right. 
I used to dig up fossils for a living. Used to find them all across this great nation, nation of ours, finding all kinds of different different types. But one thing I learned, being a paleontologist, when you dig up enough of them skeletons, you gonna find one that's nah, 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 bad to the bone. Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know that in another lifetime, I had a career as a strip dancer. That's right. I'd come out, shake my ass, strip for the ladies, throw my throw my business on them, do lap dances and whatnot. Uh-huh. It was a good time. But I tell you, sometimes you get ladies in there a little too drunk, a little too frisky, and they would grab my package. And I'd say, stop being. Are we still doing this song? <laughs> stop being so bad to my bone. We're almost to the halfway point. <laughs> Where are you from? I'll tell you, sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, there was a time before this that I uh, I had a movie career. Short-lived, but I had a couple of big hits. My best one, you. best one by far, mm-hmm. was when I decided to reboot the Rocky series. As it was going down. But I said, you know what you should do? You yeah. should get Michael B. Jordan, make him Paulo Creed's kid. That'll work. And sure enough, we did it. Rocky Balboa was back on the project. So I got to work with Banana Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I knew where that one was going. Then I lost it. And then I found it again. It was sad. I remember actually, you know what's funny is I remember when we were working in the window showroom. Remember Wayne Newton was in our, our, mm-hmm. our room. And I remember being so mad at him that I smashed his bottle uh, of uh, fragrance. Oh, really? That he wore backstage. Yeah, I was bad to his cologne. <laughs> bad bad to his cologne. You know, I, I, before, this, before this music career took off, I used to be a cook, short order cook. Working in a Mexican restaurant. And, uh, you know, we throw away a lot of good stuff sometimes. With the good stuff in my, my, my mind. Yeah. Right? Uh, a lot of pigskin. A lot of pigskin just went by the wayside. And yeah. I said, you know what we should be doing with this? What's up? We should be tossing this up on the up on the grill. Mm-hmm. Cooking it right up and serving this as a whole. Really? A whole other thing. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, it took off. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So I was able to make a pretty tidy profit off of fried chicken. <laughs> you know, I came home the other day, and my wife had the biggest smile on her face. Yeah. Turns out she was uh, FaceTiming, you know, my next door neighbor. That's oh, yeah? what made her so happy. So it was, you know, what made her smile was chat on the phone. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, before this music career took off, <laughs> I used to be a reporter. My name was Geraldo Rivera. Uh and uh, I had a special on Fox Network a mm-hmm. long time ago yeah. where I was going to go digging in a gangster's <laughs> vault. And by God, I was going to find all kinds of hidden <laughs> jewels and discover all kinds of wild trinkets. But it wasn't shit to find. But you did learn a whole lot about Scarface Al Capone. You know, San Francisco put out a lot of really good music back in the uh, back in the sixties and seventies. You don't say. Yeah. But uh, one of the best was Sly and the Family Stone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, uh, back before this whole music. Are we still recording? Yes. What Turned a waste out, of people's time. Turned out that uh, 
What if we weren't, though? I was. Uh... What if this was just us doing this without recording? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's weirder. <laughs> I went to. Uh... If my answer had been no, it would have just been sad. Yeah, I would have been like, why am I still sitting here? <laughs> I went to work on Blockbuster Films for a long time. Yeah. Oh, good. And uh, what they called me was the punch-up artist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come in there and I'd add a few lines of dialogue where necessary. Mm-hmm. Just turn that script from a frown upside down, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my best jobs. I got to work with Mr. Steven Spielberg. Oh, yeah. A little movie y'all might remember called E.T. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, towards the end of the movie, they was looking for a catchphrase, looking for a little tagline. I said, what's he trying to do, Steven? He said, he's trying to get back to where he's from. And I said, well, then it's easy. All you need for him to say is, na-na-na-na-na, E.T. phone home. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm a I'm a I studied history in in college. Sure, and uh, there are many many interesting historical figures how out there. How do I get out of this? How do I, <laughs> how do I leave? One of the most interesting out I mean, there. It's like loosely rhyme. Like we're not even like. Yeah. There's a lot of things that rhyme <laughs> with the word bone. <laughs> One of the most interesting historical figures out there. He's kind of an asshole, but uh, you know that. Thomas Edison invented the phone. <laughs> That's just a long sentence. It's not even close to fitting and in. And Matt there. just did phone. I know. And I did phone home. Yeah. But, you know, I was in a Starbucks the other day. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't believe it. I forgot it was pumpkin season, right? Sure. So I got me a pumpkin scone. You know, I went to Starbucks. I forgot that part. I went to Starbucks, too. Yeah. And the barista there, he said, I'm about to whip this up for you. How you like it? I said, frothy. He said, oh, you mean with a whole lot of foam. That's O-M-E is a rhyme with bone. You know, we're going to have movies with Mikey at a Scoop Fest. That's right. And you know, some food that he likes is I bet you might beef children. on a hot stone. <laughs> That's true. That is true. <laughs> uh, you know what else is true? I bet my kids have facial hair by now. Say <laughs> 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 Scoops! We love you. <laughs> uh, that George Thurgood song is almost over. <laughs>